Everybody out there, go run and break your legs. Your homeboys and homegirls, it's time for Denny and Greg. They keep you laughing on your drive to work, so all you fine-ass ladies just start to twerk, and all you fine-ass boys, you start to twerk too. We got movies for win coming for you. Denny and Greg, or should I say Greg and Denny, but you gotta watch Denny because 9-11 is a sensitive topic and he always brings it up. He gets lots of content that Greg has to cut. Somebody's in trouble. Oh, here it goes. Mo -mo 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 movies for win. Woo! Oh, second tries a charm, baby. Oh, wow. There yeah, it Very wasn't. Good. It wasn't a perfect improv parody of the Keenan and Kel theme, but you know what? A wise man once told me, "Good is the enemy of great, but perfect is the enemy of good." And here on Movies for Win, we say. Why be We're good? Perfect. Why be good when you could be good enough? <laughs> Isn't that better? That's right. Uh, <laughs> Denny said, "I've got three shots to make this right," and he did it in two, guys. Two. And yeah. You know what? A better podcaster would have taken the third try for safety. Wait, no. Let me rephrase that. A, a lesser podcaster would have taken the third try for safety. And a better podcaster would have planned the song in advance. So I'm... I was about <laughs> to, to say. To, to steal a bit from Bo Burnham, I'm right at that sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Welcome back to Movies for Win, everybody. Um, this is a very audience-centric episode because, baby, we've seen these movies before. At least their titles. We've seen them in polls these have the these are the movies that have come up short in our audience polls and i think um, it's it's the only episode so far where technically we didn't pick any of them we didn't pick yeah. any of the movies i mean like we chose that like pop star was the only movie to lose two polls so that one was already in mm -hmm. but like it could have been any movie that lost two polls and we would have gone with that you know like that's not that's not like our choice of we choose pop star you know like yeah and now a few more movies have lost a second poll so uh yeah i'm just saying this is a bottomless well for us to uh dig content out of I was going to ask you if you thought since since we will uh, you know be be sequeling we're building a we're building a little bit of a of a rejected movie MCU out of this. We're going to do this premise again. Um, should it be a rule that once you get nominated for the redemption poll, you can't be chosen for the next one. You've got to wait an episode. You know, like it adds some stakes to what we vote in. I like that, but I will be sad to never see One Cut of the Dead. Hey, you know what, Greg? One Cut of the Dead is on me and Vanessa's annual movie list, so I will watch it before the end of this year, probably in October. And also, 
we could just pick it for next week if, if we really wanted to do it. But I'm saying when we do a redemption episode, that yeah, if, if, you, if you lost the redemption episode poll, you can't be on the next redemption episode poll. That's fair. To, to make those votes matter. If, if you or I wanted to just pick one of the losers or structure an episode around particularly doing it, that's different. But next time we do this, you, it's got to be completely different options for at least one episode. And then, ah, these then we rules. can offer up these. Yeah, I like it. Um, so the, uh, the movies that are not going to be returning for this type of poll again... For one episode, at least. For one For episode, one, at least. One, one failed poll episode. No one's going to remember all this. Uh, <laughs> we will. This the These movies did not make the cut. We have Death to Smoochie. That got two votes. By the way, you guys turn out a lot of votes again. You guys have been voting like crazy. It's for like 41, polls. right? Right? 42. Damn. I, I think we had some latecomers, but yeah. Thank you, guys. Um, Rock on, fans. Rock Death on. to Smoochie was at the bottom of the list tied with sleepwalk with me uh jokes Does... on you we still got uh mike Birbiglia on the one of these did we oh i forgot he's in the the tmz bit that's right there you go uh just above that we've got one cut of the dead that i just mentioned uh maybe in october guys we like our zombie films and uh gold bloom will be sad denny can't sell it hard enough uh we've got earth girls are easy did a lot better than i expected third place that's you're, not you're, too the, you're the only ones that you're the only one that's seen it so maybe that's the issue um, well, how do you not hear jeff goldblum damon wayans and jim carrey play three aliens that want to bang gina davis and be like yeah i haven't seen it but i want to like that's all it took for me i was like oh my god this movie exists play there you go it's literally been on hbo max the entire time hbo max has existed it's never gone they have they got a sweet deal for this movie i don't know what it is i think uh the thing is people see good burger on the list and they're just like oh nope i want that instead fair and unfortunately the majority of people did pick Waterworld also so there's your yeah, two I've, winners, folks. Thanks, everybody. I've, got, We've a, I've got, got a bone to pick with everyone who voted for Waterworld. You sick fucks. Well, it's my fault because we each... So the way this poll worked, Denny and I each had three picks that were losers in previous polls. Um, one of my three picks was Waterworld, and that was one of the winners. And one of your three picks was Good Burger, so that's one of the winners. So yeah. we've each got a pick, kind of, that everyone voted for. I love democracy. I do too, except when democracy votes for Waterworld. Kind of makes go. me happy that so, uh, we so don't pick... live in one. <laughs> <laughs> we don't live in a Waterworld, that's right. I am happy I don't live in a Waterworld. Um, but you know what? If global warming is that stylized and everybody commits to a theme, it's going to be a lot better than I'm expecting. So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Global warming kept going over budget, though. All right. Um, <laughs> what a piece of shit. All right, uh, Denny. What budget? <laughs> what fucking budget for global warming? We we watched other things besides these movies. You wanna? Do you have anything that you wanna let the people know that you would have you uh you've been watching besides? our uh, movies for this week yeah of course um i highly recommend all elite wrestling dynamite uh and 
Uh, Greg broke a scoop to me about that this week. Um, yeah, Cody Rhodes is dead. Yeah, no. That, did I read well, it wrong? Shit. No. <laughs> Worse, he's going back to WWE. Um, <laughs> I uh, So last Friday night, I saw Jackass Forever without Greg. Last um, Friday night. Dude, I loved it so we looked much. looked at Steve-O balls. Yeah. It made me... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we looked at Steve's balls. <laughs> and um, the pogo stick. <laughs> dude, yeah, I loved that movie so much that I came home and paid for Jackass 1, and I plan to watch 2 and 3. Um, man, I think the Jackass movies are just kind of an anomaly because they're not movies. Um, they're just yeah. extended bits of a, of a TV show with money. Um and it's, it's just a youtube video with a bigger budget but it like actually good <laughs> yeah well am i wrong in my assessment that they literally get better every time like is there any other no i think four, that's right is there any other four movie franchise that that gets better as it goes and it's because these aren't movies they're pranks and stunts and they just keep getting more money and more skill at them you know like mm-hmm. so it's like but i can't think of anything like that where it's like of all the fucking millennial nostalgic cash grabs jackass 4 fucking rules and it is better than any of the old jackass movies and i like them too um yeah. i also because there's, there's sorry, heart to it because there's heart and soul to it that's why yeah dude that's the, the difference it's, it's something that uh, uh my <laughs> friend who i saw it with um she was like man for all the like pain and like grossness there's this really really endearing spirit of camaraderie in it you know Mm -hmm. like there's just like um there's just this awesome like dude they're hanging out and they're having fun and uh now that bam margera is out of the mix very little of it is mean-spirited you know like it like Mm -hmm. back in the day they had a couple guys on the crew that would do like cruel things to other people and uh that i don't like as much but like just stunts and just like pranks for people who were like yeah i'm probably gonna get unexpectedly hit in the balls around 50 times but they will pay me a lot of money for it and i don't really have another skill set so that's a deal (laughs) you know i'm like that's that's fair um i also watched uh on valentine's day for the very first time ever vanessa and i have a annual tradition of not making a big thing out of valentine's day and it's one of my favorite traditions uh vanessa made a really good pasta and we watched uh the studio ghibli film howl's moving castle um it was really good it was part of the reason i like ghibli stuff is it's like anime for people who don't really like anime um and uh Hal's moving I'm, castle was I'm there uh, yeah I, i've loved every ghibli movie i've ever seen and i loved uh i loved Hal's moving castle but it was it had a lot more of what i just really don't find appealing about regular old anime in it than most ghibli films so i wasn't i wasn't over the moon about it like i was like ponyo or my neighbor totoro or something like that but uh it mm-hmm. was still like it was an undeniably good movie it just uh it seemed more teenager oriented than multi-generational oriented and that's Ugh. fine but Teens. i'm not a teenager anymore so that's right. doesn't appeal to me like it used to and if you're a teenager and you liked it good you're supposed to um but i'm 32 and i am not supposed <laughs> to so we're all fine you know like everybody wins um 
What about you, Greg? What you been watching? Uh, well, I think we talked enough about it last week, but we did finish Murderville, a uh, super Ooh. fun show. I and, haven't uh, finished it yet. With the Oscars coming up, I decided to catch up on last year's Oscars, so I watched, finally, Judas and the Black Messiah. Ooh, I want to see that so bad! Dude. I've heard it's amazing! I just That's haven't watched it one. yet. I've heard That's it's a really one. fucking good! I don't want to spoil a future episode on it, but top 20 movie for Greg? What? Maybe. Ho, ho, ho. I Keep fucking in mind, loved it. This is a man who has reviewed like a thousand movies plus. A thousand twenty-three. Top twenty. I just looked. Maybe, maybe most people top twenty really isn't such an honor, but like top twenty out of a thousand ranked movies. That's that's high praise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's 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 high praise indeed. I want to see it real bad. Yeah, it's on HBO Max, folks. Please watch it. Um, all right. We're getting a late start here, so why don't we go ahead and jump into these movies, which again are Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, Good Burger, and Waterworld. Uh, we're going to start with Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. No, not never, never ever. Um, <laughs> I'll, you want me to summarize it for us? Go for Ms. it, brother. Mr. Guy? Uh, yeah. Your summaries are more coherent than mine, so <laughs> anytime you offer, I'm going to be like, yeah. You, you you try to walk everyone through the entire plot. I just try to say what the plot is. Ah, there we that's, go. There that's we go. the difference. Um, if you've seen Hot Rod, you've based... If you've seen Hot Rod and any mockumentary, you've basically seen this movie. Mm -hmm. um, this is the Lonely Island gang um, <laughs> basically telling a mockumentary style music story a la the country bears uh, <laughs> God damn it. uh about basically about a three-piece pop boy band um very very funny movie if you're if you're aware of the lonely island at all you kind of know their parody-esque kind of songs uh that style is heavily featured here but um it's all about getting the band back together uh the three guys in the group what was it the Style Boys? Yeah, I believe so. The Style yeah, the Boys. Sti yeah. The Style Boys have kind of grown their separate ways, and we're really just getting the band back together, and that's it. Um, fantastic. Uh, Connor, aka Connor for real, played by uh, Andy Samberg, is kind of the front man that went off to make his own thing, and his head got a little bit too big. And uh, he's on tour. He's come out with a new album, but his album isn't really selling because it sucks. Uh, Rolling Stone giving it giving it a poop emoji out of four stars. Uh, <laughs> and he just kind of finds his roots again and reconnects with his friends. What a great what a great bit of friendship, dude. Yeah, man, <laughs> it's it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. Um, is it is a good movie. Um, I feel like this one is just kind of a shell. The movie is just a shell to deliver us more Lonely Island songs and shit, but that's not really a complaint. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. I, I mean, do, like... I, I enjoy the Lonely Island stuff dude, like, quite a bit. These these songs are on my playlist. Like, like Karate Guy, Mona Lisa, and Incredible Thoughts. Like... Dude, if the song legalized crack, <laughs> if if or uh, what's the uh, 
the I'm not gay, but if I was, I would want equal rights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I've, I love those songs. I listen to them all the time. If the songs are that good, you can shoehorn them into a movie. I don't mind it. Just make That's them right. good. <laughs> Dude, honestly, for me, like, the the songs, I'm not calling them, like, bad or anything, but they're, like, the rest of the movie is what I like about the movie, if sure. that makes any sense. Like, no, absolutely. Like, the, And that's the thing is, like, the movie doesn't lean on them, you know, like, as a crutch of, like, oh, this is a Lonely Island album vehicle. It's like, nah, mm-hmm. this is a funny fucking movie with some pretty funny songs in it, too. But yeah, we're, we're getting per- ahead of ourselves. Yeah, they're the perfect, like, little interjections. Um, yeah. what, what's your relationship with pop star Never Stop Never Stopping? I totally forgot we had other stuff to talk about. Um organic we have organic chemistry sometimes I, I we watched... forget our gimmicks oh god we're just so real man <sighs> i i saw this movie once before i mean, maybe a year or two after it came out and i thought it was fine um i don't know why i wasn't really more into it at the time huh. and uh just watched it again uh over the course of today and i was like this shit rules it's way funnier than i remember it being yeah. I'm really glad to see it again. Awesome. I uh I really wanted to go see it in theaters, but in 2016 I was just straight up out of money. Um, and um it was like there was kind of like a, a movement online being like, "Hey, if you're tired of sequels and remakes, you need to go buy a ticket to Popstar and prove that we'll pay money for that. And people didn't. And I'm part of the yeah. problem. Um, but I I watched it probably a year later, maybe two years later, and was just over the moon in love with it. And I hadn't watched it since. I did listen to a lot of the songs regularly. And I watched it for this podcast. And I loved it even more. I got not, nothing but good things to say about this movie. I'm a big fan. There you go. Yeah, um... Oh, what was it? I had something. Damn, what was it? <laughs> All right, you go ahead and say something. Maybe I'll remember. Um, you know, I will say like, if you like Andy Samberg, if you like this kind of humor, this is not the magnum opus of it. You know, like this is mm-hmm. not this is not Hot Rod. You know, this is not a uh, this is not the pinnacle, but it is really, really very strong and very solid. And so I'm like, if you were like. Ah, I like Andy Samberg, but I just can't get into Brooklyn Nine Nine. What's what's the hype all about, right? Like, I wouldn't be like go watch Popstar. I'd be like go watch Hot Rod, right? But mm-hmm. if you already dig The Lonely Island, you're already a fan. This is the flick for you, man. Because honestly, I would love to see these dudes get more money from Lorne Michaels and a blank check, as you say on that podcast. You like. Um, mm-hmm. to just go make a funny movie, you know, like, cause they crush it every time. I'm a, this Lonely Islander tastemakers. Don't at me. Yeah. This is one of the few SNL adjacent movies that like really works. And like, I, I feel like we could trust these guys with, uh, pretty much anything, which is kind of funny. Cause this one is basically just like, we're just going to do the thing we already do. And hot yeah. rod was kind of just like. A completely new thing and this is just like we're gonna just do what we've already been doing what we're known for and what we're famous for and then just kind of make a movie kind of on that uh i do remember what i was gonna say if i may you may um this you may uh, say 
I'm glad I have your permission. Uh, I, I thought it was important to point out that this movie lost this, like we said, this lost two polls. This lost the poll for a movie that is uh, a good movie that's under 90 minutes, and it also lost the poll. Uh, um, wait. Oh, uh, a box office bomb that actually rules. Yeah, and uh, it could have won both of those polls. Yeah, easily. Um, I'm not sure it would have won both of those episodes, but... Yeah, no, but I actually... That's I, not that's not what matters. When I was watching the movie, I was like, we really... Why didn't we think of this for best movies under 90 minutes? And then I was like, oh, we oh. did, and it lost, <laughs> and that's why I'm watching it right now. <laughs> so that's that's the kind of headspace I've been in recently. <laughs> I've been yeah, most brain definitely. fried, and it's going to come out on this episode. Hopefully we can avoid another uh, another Code Swamp thing, because I don't know that we can survive many more of those. <laughs> but yeah, I don't um, know if the world's ready for it. Yeah, man. Um, brain is also a little fried over here. It's been a long week. It's been a long day. We got Boy, started late recording over here. Um, but yeah, I, I was excited to talk about this one. This is I, I'm kind of upset that. Um, now that we are talking about this movie, we can't use it in a future episode about mockumentaries. Yeah. Because I think this is definitely one of the better ones. Dude, I forgot. A, a genre that doesn't need to be, like, explored further. But every once in a while, like, a, a good one hey, comes out. Mockumentaries aren't bad. They're just overdone. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, when, when it's good, it's really good. I don't know that I need 15 a year. <laughs> and when it and when it's bad we still get nine seasons of it all right moving on dude Switch, I, baby i forgot uh i forgot how many awesome big names they got to do talking head spots for this movie yeah, like no some kidding. of them were like watching it for the first time like i i completely forgot that this was the source of the dj Khaled you played yourself meme like I did, that was like not in my brain at all, and it like surprised me when I rewatched it. I thought it was. I thought he was just referencing that. I thought it was from something oh. else. I don't well, know, but I don't know enough about DJ Khaled. Sorry, guys. me, me, me neither. Um, and please comment in our RSS feed if uh, if teach he was, me more about the DJ if he was doing the bit. Um, you know what I know most about that? I once saw a tweet that was. Uh, <laughs> John Malkovich accepting an Oscar for his role in being John Malkovich with the caption, congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just a good meme, folks. Um, um, dude, uh, celebrity, like, not just musicians doing talking heads. Like, this is just stuffed, filled to the brim with celebrities, man. Yes. And it, and it seems like all of them were just dying to be yeah in this movie and I, it feels like everybody that was even like mentioned on snl was just like hell yeah i'll give like 30 seconds of the funniest thing i could ever do yeah as a celebrity playing myself or something like it was great there, there's something really endearing and you just like it's almost like um you know like like wrestlers will say like sometimes they'll break and they'll make each other laugh and they're like I think the audience likes to know that we're all friends and we're just having fun together. You know, like, I think I think they enjoy that. I, I see that in movies like this or, you know, like in uh, in Zoolander when they have all of those red carpet interviews about who Derek Zoolander is and, like, what a massive inspiration he is to Lenny Kravitz or something, you know? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's just, it's really fun to see 
all of these rich assholes being self-aware and coming together and um, just just having a good time. It, it seemed like everybody was really motivated to be there and wanted to, like, was just in good spirits, you know? Like, it, it was pretty tight. Yeah, exactly. Good spirits. That's <laughs> like, even, even <laughs> Joanna Newsom just being in there for, like, a split second <laughs> so Bill Hader can uh, get his flatlining fix. Am I... <laughs> It's been almost a week since I watched it. Am I remembering correctly that they fucking got uh, uh, Ringo Starr for this? Yeah, yeah, he was in it. <laughs> or even the Bill Hader character that you're referencing, which was a hilarious bit. He showed up and me and Vanessa were like, that's right, Bill Hader's in this. Why don't we remember it? And it's because Bill Hader's not in this. He does that yeah. one bit and is never <laughs> seen or referenced again. He, he just like does that one little talking head and the flatliners bit. Yeah, he shows up again later, but it's for even less time. Yeah. Like it's another ten seconds like later on in the in the movie. Yeah, we were both like, I love Bill Hader. I feel like we would remember him having the major role he's got in this because and then he doesn't have a major role in it, and that's why we don't remember it. <laughs> I'm the guitar tech. Just being yeah. being his character from Hot Rod. Yeah, basically like a drug addict like friend of the uh operation they've got going same Love voice it. same weird little hobbies like to the point that it almost feels like a reference you know like <laughs> um man i gotta say uh someone new to the gang though hunter the hungry oh might be God. one of the best mockumentary characters that oh. i've ever seen nailed it nailed it i had to look him up because i assumed uh I assumed Hunter the Hungry was a real artist I'd never heard of because I'm not cool anymore. I think and it's I, like a a parody of like Tyler the Creator or something. It seems like it. No, yeah. it's just a he's a, he's a comedian. Yeah, like that's he's yeah. playing a character. I thought for sure I was like, this dude is so badass. He must be some like cutting edge up and coming uh, uh, star that like chose to like come into this movie and fuck around and it's like no he's like a lesser known comedian than the rest of the lonely island boys but like he's not actually a hip-hop artist <laughs> like he was so fucking good at portraying one and the whole like i didn't do it or did i you know like that scene oh, is shit. so fucking good dude he's so funny it's he's so like... hilarious man I gotta, I gotta give a lot of love to like. We're just gonna list all the other celebrities that were in this, basically. But like Tim Meadows is the oh. perfect mockumentary actor. Like oh, Hunter the so Hungry good. is like this high energy, batshit crazy kind of guy, and then Tim Meadows just plays that perfect even keel, but f like plainly delivering stuff that's silly, but it doesn't feel like he's playing a straight man exactly. Dude, he's. I don't so, know how to describe he's, it. He's so good at being the like the comedian who thinks he's a straight man essentially you know like mm -hmm. he's like he's so good at the deadpan delivery of something a character doesn't think is funny but the audience will think is hysterical you know like mm -hmm. but you know that to the character that's not funny at all he's so good like and even like dude i was i was driving to work today and a song by tony 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 came on my shuffle <laughs> and i just i thought of, i tony? thought of tim meadows i was like that is so fucking funny i thought it would be cool if the last Tony was a question mark to be different. <laughs> so fucking funny, man. Oh, it, there was like 
I want to say there were maybe four or five scenes with Tim Meadows and Andy Samberg just like talking to each other. Mm -hmm. And I just got left wanting more of those scenes. Like I wanted more of them. And I was like, there, there was enough, like they gave us the right amount, but like just the two of them playing off each other together was spot on. Well, that's good job guys. Tim, Tim Meadows is the kind of performer that like, he never had that Will Ferrell and Anchorman breakout movie. You know, like, he never mm-hmm. had the Andy Samberg in Hot Rod uh, type of now you're a star performance. But, like, dude, it is so clear that everyone in the comedy industry respects and reveres him because he keeps getting roles in everything. You know, like, mm-hmm. and it's, it's always in stuff like... Uh, it's always in stuff like Mean Girls or Pop Star or Walk Hard, where you know that like the comedic <laughs> performers were also making a lot of production calls. You know, like he like mm-hmm. basically if like Tina Fey, Will Ferrell, someone like that has has any say in who gets cast, like Tim Meadows is gonna get a part. You know, like he's just so consistent and awesome, and, and I don't know. It's just clear that like he's a man who has the respect of his peers, and I just honestly feel like. He's literally a living legend from like two generations of popular comedians ago, and he's just still crushing it when everybody else is out of the limelight from his era. You know, like he's just still showing up and crushing it in parts like this, and I, I love him, man. I love seeing Tim Meadows. Yeah. Oh man. We do love our Tim Meadows here. Um, oh, do we? Yeah. Um, did you notice the? Uh, have you seen the movie Arrival? Yes, but only once in theaters. So it's the been a while. Uh, the EDM helmet that <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the fucking thing. It is making the same noise as those aliens, <laughs> <laughs> which is fucking great. Hey, wait, uh, Greg, Greg, Greg! This movie came out before Arrival. Those aliens are making the same noise as that EDM they helmet. Borrowed. Denny Villeneuve's a hack. <laughs> <laughs> I knew yeah. it. I knew on Sunday was just a flash in the fucking pan. <laughs> I was like, yeah, make two movies and I'll be impressed. Yeah, that's right. And he oh, panicked and was like, I need, oh my God, uh, uh, I've got a rip off pop star. Everyone's going to know I'm a fucking hack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Man. That's right. <sighs> Dude. We yeah. gotta stop doing really good comedies because there's just so little to say about them. <laughs> yeah, like they, a they, really, really good, really smart comedy. What do you do but repeat the jokes on your podcast? You know, like it's so fucking good, dude. Well, we could just like recognize the different types of comedy used here, man. Sure, it's, um, versatile to say the least. Usually, like you think Lonely Island is just like this hard vulgar in your face like shock comedy kind of shit right yeah we're just staying singing about like having a smelly dick but then you've got like just (laughs) you've got like these little visual gags of uh andy sandberg drinking a miller light with a straw out of a can in the bar (laughs) (laughs) i don't even notice it like that's how that's how like that's how deep the like comedy is you know like they've got your attention directed elsewhere and they're doing a sight gag in the corner of your eye you know dude um something that 
I just learned because I googled it because I forgot to google it earlier uh, Akiva Schaefer uh, do you remember Liz from Forgetting Sarah Marshall yes of course she, she's in this movie uh, she's the stage manager I'm aware that is his wife ha huh. and huh. remember they're like making eyes at each other and like hitting on each other and they just make out like, right like Andy Samberg's delivering the emotional monologue and he's just like oh that's kind of funny it seems like he's really <laughs> hitting it off oh he's going for it and they're like making out and I was that's like awesome. I wonder I was right Dude. they are married she uh she had a bit part on community too I'm always excited to see her show up she's great she's the guidance counselor at the STD fair episode <laughs> oh man alcohol makes people horny it always just makes me sleepy, sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, there's your yeah. weekly community reference for you and if you're on good behavior audience you might get five or six more <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing the audience is always on good behavior yeah oh, man. except when they fucking vote for Waterworld. ooh more on that later uh <laughs> that's the thing like it's it's the frozen thing right of just like let's let them roast something that's not so bad it's good but it's you know worth talking about fair fair enough. i think from from you know what we'll save Waterworld for when we get to Waterworld. let's let's close the book on pop star yeah we'll, um, we'll save Waterworld for when the polar ice caps melt <laughs> but Waterworld won't save us from Waterworld. um oh yeah, my god we gotta, we gotta evolve baby first of all did you know that uh hammer leg was weird al yes i did that was a note that I, I found had. that in the credits but okay i've, I've got an anecdote Mm-hmm. Do you remember when the bird poops in someone's mouth in this movie? I don't even mm-hmm. remember who it was. Akiva Schaefer's, yeah. That happened to me, Greg. What? I was walking to take a Spanish test on the University of Texas Austin's campus, and oh, I was no. singing Beauty School Dropout from the movie Musical Grease, smash hit, all-time classic. <laughs> and right. right as I was doing, I was hitting the chorus, that Frankie Avalon belt. And a bird just pooped right in my mouth. And... Oh, my God. My initial impulse was to just turn around, get right back on the bus I got off of, and call the day. You know, just be like, nah, it's over. You don't... You, <laughs> you don't come back from that. Right? Like, if that's the first thing that happened to you in your day, tap out, try again tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> go home take, and take a sh- t- take a shower and go back to bed. Yeah. Like, there's no point. Yeah, but here's I would have just like taken I'd... out the earbuds. The magic is gone. Kind there of were no earbuds. Thing. I was just singing. <laughs> but, oh, okay. Uh, but I promised I would never sing again. Um, but here's the thing, Greg. I couldn't do that because I was walking to take a Spanish test. So I had to like pivot, swing a hard left into like some on-campus gift shop and. Oh thankfully God. they sold a toothbrush and toothpaste nice. and i'm just like sprinting to the bathroom to like brush my teeth in a public bathroom sink still like not gonna feel like my mouth is clean for a couple days but at least technically it was <laughs> yeah you know? you brush it again after the test immediately. yeah yeah and i went and i i took my fucking spanish test and uh I still don't know what I did to deserve something like that other than seeing did Greece. you Did you pass the test? <laughs> yeah, I passed. Okay, I was about to say. Uh, I, I failed it anyways. <laughs> God, that would have been great. Should have just taken the L. <laughs> no, I passed it. Oh, the L. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, that was the second time in one year's time I was uh, I had an excrement dumped on me from the sky at UT. The other was a drunk guy on a fourth floor balcony who decided to piss off the balcony while I was taking a walk to clear my head while studying. And he was so drunk that he did not even notice he peed on me. And I'm uh, I'm not going to go to Austin anytime soon. I'll say well, that. I knew at that moment I was going to move from that area, and I did. Like I literally was like, well not renewing this lease and like that was like the thing that made me decide to move <laughs> and nothing, nothing and no one has shit or pissed on you since so that's good news i didn't say that <laughs> um, okay moving on denny um yeah i feel like we're done with pop star um yeah man like, uh there, there's there's no way for us to really discuss it without just saying like this joke was funny yes it was uh kind of kind of like with airplane like it's it's you know the mockumentary style like we said is kind of overplayed but if you've got a good enough idea and like people that are genuinely into <laughs> and like kind of about what <laughs> what the content is about then you're you've got a recipe for success and i think they succeeded here i agree greg i fully agree all right you want to do gimmick of the week because we got a new gimmick every week yeah it's called but, uh, gimmick of the week you, do you remember how i said my brain was fried yeah i don't remember what our gimmick of the week is and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna shoot from the hip i'm gonna call Ooh. it in the ring <laughs> uh well it should be a pretty easy one to uh make up on the fly it is the fate your favorite reason why the movie should have won the poll it was in all right uh this one was in two polls that it lost um so i i went on a more macro level here okay and i said this is a box office bomb that's actually good. That is under 90 minutes. Pretty special. Yeah. Not bad. Like Fair. I feel like it it should have won both polls. That's What a qualifier, man. I'm going to go micro since you went macro, although I do 100% agree with your reasoning. Mhm. Mm I'm going to say the one thing that makes this movie worth watching, and I don't care who you are. I don't care what your taste is. If you don't think it was fucking hilarious shock comedy when they said, she said, fuck me like we fucked Bin Laden. <laughs> she wanted me to fuck her like the U.S. government. <laughs> fucked Bin, Bin Laden. Maybe if, if that didn't appeal to you, uh, maybe maybe laughing just isn't for you. <laughs> maybe maybe you comedy go. is just not your thing. And uh, we'll catch you in the Oscar bait episode. <laughs> you can tune out I, until then. Really quick, I don't know if you remember it. Uh, I did appreciate the um, N bomb for shock value, but it was uh, Maya Rudolph. Yeah, she she's black, and the joke is she just hits it with a hard R. Yeah, <laughs> fucking like oh, dude, the hard R, huh? <laughs> it's like when I heard Beyonce drop an N bomb in a Kanye West song, and I was like, I think someone wrote that for you, and you agreed to I'm, say it, but that doesn't I'm seem like you're allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> there's your i think you should leave reference uh yeah but it was just so <laughs> it was so funny because i i don't know if maya rudolph uses that word in her personal vernacular that's not really for me to judge she's yeah we should stop bringing it up because uh certain senators from our state are trying to oh no no certain uh ceos of pizza chains are trying to delete it from their vocabulary yeah. if they hear our podcast they're gonna relapse Poor Papa John, he just can't stop saying the culturally appropriated gamer word that oh. was stolen from him. 
the gamer word. I, I was referring to uh, Billy Domino. Wait a minute. CEO there... of Papa Murphy's. Oh, right, I was this gonna... is like three layers of dumb. I, I didn't um... catch the bit, and I was like, is there more than one racist pizza exec in the United States right now? Not that I, be- not that I have trouble <laughs> believing that, but did more than one be racist on public record <laughs> you know like um no 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 it's just all the that, one Don't all worry. that goes to say it's the sweaty one the, the the public image of maya rudolph is not someone who uses the n-word and so that was very shocking and very funny and you go hey you shouldn't well uh, okay i guess i guess it's up to you whether you say that or not you know like that's what was so funny about it speaking of people you know doing something wrong that doesn't fit our public perception of them snoop dogg smoking weed before his performance at the super bowl unbelievable (laughs) all right now that i've mentioned snoop dogg we're gonna get into favorite lines here all right um my favorite line is from snoop dogg and it i had to write this down because there was a lot to it Surprise, motherfucker. You're watching my brand new show. Surprise, motherfucker. With Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and motherfucker, you've been surprised. It's so fucking good. It's so good. It's so there's fucking like, good. There's so much. It's like, oh, that one's like playing with the medium itself at a certain point. Like, that like, was. No, like... no. We're, we're Connor's camera crew. Like, okay. So, anyways, like, no, no, no. We're with Snoop. Yeah. Wait, Snoop? Who hasn't been in the movie at all? Yeah. <laughs> and he just hits us with that shit so funny god that was that was that might have been like the the, can't believe he smokes weed i know right (laughs) that might have been the most like the smartest moment of comedy in the whole thing was that little bit like (laughs) um i'm gonna give an honorable mention to uh, uh to roasting the mona lisa in a song just making mm-hmm. making a diss track on the painting Mona Lisa. Um, mm-hmm. And there is a really funny second verse to it that I was going to use my favorite line from. But it's not in the movie. But uh, it's on Spotify. Um, so oh, I'm going to go with a line from one of my all-time favorite comedians who we have not even talked about being in this movie because so many people are in it. Eric um, Andre? No, but I do love Eric Andre. Ah. Um, everyone loves Eric Andre. What kind of comment is that? um no i'm gonna go with a quote from sarah silverman um he's just kind of everywhere like oxygen gravity or clinical depression he's everywhere (laughs) 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 oh so good his his music touched a lot of hearts and made a lot of people a lot of money (laughs) she she was really good in this she's Um, really good dude she has had a very amazing and successful career and she's so good that I'd still say she's underrated. You know, like I, I really mm-hmm. don't think Sarah Silverman gets the credit that's due and she's in the, I fired Dan Harmon club, despite his talent. Like how many people are in that club? She fired Dan Harmon, even though he was talented because he was fucking impossible to deal with. Ah, <sighs> Danny, what's your uh, Critiker score for Popstar Shit. Never Stop Never Stopping? I should look it up. I'll tell you what it is, Greg. It's whatever it was last time I watched it. All right. Um, <laughs> Let's find out. Um, mine, I've mine, been busy. Was a, mine was a 33 out of 40. Nice. Which is pretty high for a comedy. I, I, you know, that's a little over an 8 out of 10. Yeah. I, was, I was laughing heartily more than, I, more than I did the first time I saw it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine. I also had a similar experience of 
it got better on a second viewing and I already liked it. Um, I rated it a 38 out of 50, which is comparatively pretty similar to your score. Uh, and, uh, I think I got it exactly right. I'm going to leave it right there. I think that's right where it belongs. 38 out of 50. Nice. Really good movie. That's a really good movie. Boy, is it. (laughs) Excuse me. Hi, welcome to the Movies for Win, home of the good movies. Can I take your seamless edit? It's not always home of the good movies. Yeah. Waterworld is next, folks. But for now, we've got to talk about Good Burger yep i'll summarize the plot please do dexter a young underachieving wonderful slacker just wants to have a good ass summer break and get away from 70s black power sinbad but little (laughs) does he know 70s black power sinbad is gonna be running into him well he's gonna run into him a little bit more um basically dexter wants to have a good ass summer break uh uh, our friend ed played by kel mitchell roller skates right in front of his car and just like that his whole summer break is gone because he's got to get a job to pay for the damages because he's driving without a license and he doesn't want his mom or the police to know and who said this wasn't a high concept film um he gets (laughs) um he gets a job uh ed becomes his frenemy and gets him a job at Good Burger as a delivery driver who occasionally pitches in with counter work. Um, and right around the... Oh, well, well, he got fired from Mondo Burger before that, the the evil corporate burger chain opening across the street. Um, he gets a job at Good Burger, um, and right as Mondo Burger starts kicking their asses, uh, he discovers that Ed has a special sauce that's just irresistible. Sales are going through the roof. Dexter's extorting his uh, his his unhep friend for money, um, and then uh, he goes on a date with a girl named Monique, who's like, "That's not so cool. You should be a better person." And just as he's about to do that, Mondo Burger starts making sabotage moves, and uh, commits them both to uh, inpatient psychiatric care. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, Reagan didn't deinstitutionalize them all, and they're still. Uh, a 50 psych ward somewhere in uh, what I believe to be suburban Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, they, they get sent there. Um, then they, the fucking Monto Burger guys try to, try to dump shark poisoning in the fucking in the fucking special sauce and things escalate quickly. Um, uh, Keenan and Kel are forced to save the day and they do is that is that that's about probably the most coherent plot summary i've ever given uh yeah also linda cardellini and george clinton are there (laughs) did you say most cohesive plot summary yes yeah let's go with that i didn't Um, i didn't i didn't say it was cohesive i said it was the most one i've done so far most cohesive one so far from me we'll work on this more Um, more cohesive than usual give me that I'll give you that. Okay, thank you. Greg. It was short. I loved it. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that was a Muppet Christmas Carol reference that caught me off guard. Uh, we're always ready for it. <sighs> Good Burger, the uh, the famed film from your childhood. If you're old enough, like us or whatever, guess what, man? 
They don't give a shit. They want you to watch this movie. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It is on YouTube with ads. It's probably preloaded on your phone somewhere. It's everywhere. Finally, a movie we've done that doesn't require payment of any kind. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Just go watch it. Oh, we didn't even say how we watched Popstar. I just realized. Amazon rental. Amazon right? rental. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I, I thought for sure that one was on HBO, but no. Maybe it's on Peacock or some bullshit. Yeah, well, I love myself. I'm just kidding. I have Peacock. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch your wrestling shit. Yeah. <laughs> the one person on earth who didn't subscribe to Peacock just for The Office. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to see Jim get a job in Philadelphia for the 18th time. Okay, I want to see Paul Heyman book ECW in Philadelphia for the 18th time, motherfucker. Ah, uh, brother. Watching Grunge um, Leg drop New Jack on a press table. Orange Cassidy. That's the only one I really know. All right. Here we go. He's my favorite. He's my favorite. Um, yeah, this is this is the this is the quintessential 90s movie. This is the 90s movie that lost the poll for movies for when only 90s kids will understand. Confused it, to this day. It should have uh, won. If you look at the straw poll now, because it didn't like really close, it's in the lead actually. What? Yeah, I th I think we close. We said like whatever's winning at five o'clock. Whatever. Yeah, day yeah. It was. But I don't. The polls don't lock. It's a straw. The poll. The polls don't lock, so Good Burger is actually ahead. <laughs> Good, as it should um, be. What what did it lose to? Brink. I'm sorry, Brink. Uh, Brink, Brink won that vote. And Brink won that episode. Um, I, f I feel like Brink and Good Burger like, are just, you know, you've got your Disney Channel movie and you've got your Nickelodeon movie. Yeah. Like, the two peak 90s from, like, two competing channels. Yeah. Like, they're two original films yeah. going head-to-head. -head. Like, this is, like, generation-defining cinema. This... And we're here to cover the other half. Good Burger was a theatrical release, though. And Brink is a decom, Disney Channel right. original movie, um, and I I prefer Good Burger. But if it had to lose to something, I'm glad it was Brink. Dude, I I think I prefer Brink personally, but that's I'm sorry. just me. I, I don't know what Brink is. I'm glad it was Brink. Correction, Greg, yes. edit that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll edit that. Uh, put some respect on Brink's name. Uh, yeah, well. Um, what's, your, what's your history? What's your relationship with Good Burger, Home yeah, of the Good Burger? I was just about to say, like, our intro was Denny doing the Keenan and Kel intro song thing, right? Correct? Yes, yes. kind of, sort of. Uh, it was All right. an attempt. And it was an attempt. It was good. It was better than you think it is. Um, I didn't have cable growing up. I didn't have Nickelodeon or Disney Channel mm -hmm. when I was a kid at all. Um, I watched this movie at a friend's house, I believe, but I didn't watch Keenan and Kel, so I wasn't familiar with these guys at all. Okay. Um, but I did like this movie. Uh, so yeah, I, I watched it when it was, you know, relatively new and when it was popular. I've made, and then I think I saw it one more time, maybe like 10 or 12 years ago. And then I watched it now on a multitude of streaming services and I was really <laughs> excited to see that. Um... Yeah, I've seen it maybe three or four times, and I remembered, a, I felt like I was watching parts of it for the first time here, honestly. Like, yeah. there's a lot that I forgot about. <laughs> um, 
it's just it's just a good time it's 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 another one of those movies that's just a time capsule man yeah it's it's a special thing man um so i was raised by cable television in the 90s like that was probably the most significant influence on my personal development um dude let me tell you disney channel cartoon network kids wb they were heavily in the mix Mm -hmm. but nothing came close to my love of nickelodeon like i was i was really i was a nickelodeon child in the 90s and in the 2020s um, I'm just <laughs> a, a, a balding uh, Nickelodeon man now, which is not as endearing for some reason. <laughs> but um, yeah. slime, dude. slime really uh, recedes your hairline, folks. Yeah. look out! I got slime too many times. <laughs> Here I am, Chrome Dome. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Witness, witness that. Yeah. All right. Um, um, but so I loved all that, which very much like. Uh, they 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 literally just did like the Wayne's World from SNL to a movie formula, but for kids. Um, I mm. loved the Good Burger bit on all that. I believe the movie predated Keenan and Kel the show, but I'm not positive. But dude, let me tell you, growing up, I didn't think it was possible to be Keenan and Kel levels of funny. Like it was just like. It just like took like the funniest thing that I thought could exist and blew it out of the water. Everything they did, I was so, so in love with Keenan and Kel, and I like, I walked out of Good Burger in theaters. It had a Action League Now short before it that is not included on Netflix, and I just walked out of there being like, I have seen the funniest movie that ever has been <laughs> and ever will be made. Like this is the funniest film in existence um i have loved it ever since i have a good burger uh print in my office where i counsel people i have a mm -hmm. good burger enamel pin on my denim jacket that i like to wear um i love good burger and dude let me tell you vanessa is really fucking cool about participating in my interest with me like she's like She's down for almost anything I want to do. She'll give anything I like a shot. She'll take pro wrestling seriously because I encouraged it. Um, mm -hmm. She will not watch Good Burger with me. Oh, she oh, just geez. she's just never feeling it, you know. Like and so, I like. How often do you say like, "All right, well, babe, I know we haven't had a lot of time together lately, but if." you don't want to watch good burger maybe you should just go in the other room while i watch it right yeah you know, like that's <laughs> so i actually don't really get to watch sure this. that flies i don't get to watch this movie a lot dude one summer when i worked at a camp we watched good burger one weekend and just fucking memorized the movie and quoted it for the rest of the summer like i've just got nothing but love for this movie um i, I love good burger i love this movie i feel like i'm somewhere in the middle that like I did I didn't necessarily grow up on it but I understand where Vanessa's coming from uh I don't know how often she watches Dude, or she, she watched it as a kid she didn't she does and that, that's her thing she's like I don't hate it I just dude I have no nostalgia for this this isn't part of my childhood it's a 90s kids movie that I don't that I watched for the first time when I was in my late 20s i one was enough for me is essentially where she's yeah. at you know like which and is more like, than fair more than fair 
and that's kind of the whole point behind these things man is just like the movie like the movies like this one including this one were just like made exclusively for kids yeah and like adults now that watched it and grew up on it and loved it will give it a pass because of their nostalgia for it like this movie was made for kids but in a sense that means it was made for me yeah that kind of thing yeah uh if you grew up with it but if you didn't then and you're looking at it through the eyes of an adult for the first time you're basically like oh they wrote a character to be as annoying as possible and it's kind of working so <laughs> maybe i'm not in the mood to see a character be intentionally annoying yeah. so i don't know if that's that's her um take on it i don't want to put words in her mouth but i Wait, would understand are you trying to really tell like... me that you thought ed was annoying and not endearing because i do not have that experience with cal mitchell's ed He's supposed he's supposed to be annoying. No, no, no. He's supposed to be hilarious, you curmudgeon, and he is. He's supposed to be annoying to a lot of the people around him. Yeah, but everyone that interacts with him for the first time is just like, I wanted a a good burger with nothing on it. Right. This is just a bun. Right, you said nothing on it. Like that person is supposed to be annoyed yeah the rational adults in this movie are annoyed with him by design yeah but so rational adults watching this movie are just like i just don't get it he's so annoying i think that hold on he is effectively annoying when he is supposed to be annoying but he is effectively endearing and funny when he's supposed to be those things when he's just like making dumb jokes uh with dex like it works really well and when they're yeah well when, but when he's going like shoving grapes in his nose and singing a song you're just like nah i was like role model i want to be like you grape you nose boy grape nose boy bloobity 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 dude i'm Maybe not you're... joking i was like going around my elementary school not only doing kel mitchell impressions about orange soda but like literally doing ed from good burger and being like this is going to be my personality now. I'm going to be Ed yeah. from Good Burger. That's my thing. I'm, and you're saying when you were in elementary school, you thought these things. Yeah, and now I'm more mature, and I'm like, I'm going to buy Good Burger merch and put it all over my professional workspace. Yeah, if you want to see that, uh, if you want to see that print, check out our Instagram page. Or uh, uh, we posted things yeah. now, dude. An, a record high of six posts in one week, all time record. That's almost one a day. It topped our previous record of zero post in every week. Literally infinite percentage improvement. Greg, um. I, I need you to take over Twitter because I don't care about it. Instagram's my new thing. Also, I tweeted... <laughs> relationship, Kel en relationship end with, with yeah. Twitter. Instagram is my new best friend. I, uh, I tweeted Kel Mitchell and asked him if there was anything we should touch on uh, in this episode. but uh, he, And I he said, get the fuck away from me. I'm a billionaire. It was really weird. <laughs> he must have been busy. Um, because I, I'm sure he's going to respond, and we will let you all know when Kel responds to us. He's not going to alien ant farm big league us. I'm just sure he, he replies to every single mention, and he probably gets a lot of mentions, and we understand. Okay? Yeah. We know he'll he's get not, around to it. He doesn't have the ego of alien ant farm. I get it. Um, or the... The... the 
the website and Twitter handle that I can't tell if their fan pages are official or not. Because <laughs> that's the situation with Alien Ant Farm. <laughs> there you go. Um, dude, let's talk about Cal really quick because he's kind of like a, a thing of everyone's like, hey, we grew up on Keenan and Cal. We know where Keenan is. Cal? Where, where's Kel, right? What you up to, buddy? Yeah. I saw a YouTube video for... I think he's a little more in the public eye than he used to be now. Like, he, he did, mm-hmm. like, a... I think he did Good Burger on Jimmy Fallon. Like, made a surprise appearance when uh, when Keenan was there. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it was so intriguing that I actually watched a YouTube clip of Jimmy Fallon. So you'd imagine <laughs> it's quite interesting. And then, he, and then he was lip syncing. Oh, it's so funny. Sorry, please continue. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, here, here's here's my NFT monkey, dude. Okay, great. He seems like such a cool guy because I think it was probably the early twenty. 20- Jimmy? No, god damn it, no, no, not Jimmy Fallon, Kel Mitchell. Um, he, I, I, I like, I started wondering what happened to him in the early twenty tens, and I just started googling him, and there was like a YouTube video where he was just like, hey, uh. It's me, Cal. Cal from Keenan and Cal. Um, apparently, a lot of people want to know where I am. Um, I uh, I've got a couple kids, and I'm doing great. So I'm just I'm not really a celebrity anymore. I'm just just being a dad. But if you wanted to know where I am, here's 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 me. And I was just mm-hmm. like, what a fucking cool dude. <laughs> like, That's nice. What a fucking awesome guy. <laughs> like Cal Mitchell, man. What a what yeah, a guy. You- how do you how do you watch something like that and not just smile? It's right. Like, ah, this this is nice. Yeah, it like wasn't like sad or washed up. It was, and it wasn't even like a, I made the choice to walk away from Hollywood. It was just like a, <laughs> hey, you probably know me from like movies and TV, and uh, I don't know, I just kind of moved on, and now I'm living my life. So, if that's that's the update, apparently a lot of people wanted one. <laughs> Like, it's fucking awesome, man. What a cool and dude. Was like, yes, yes, thank you. Thank you for the update. I think everyone was expecting something more interesting. I know I was. I was like, scandal, drugs, blackballed for crossing the wrong person. I mean, like, as far as he's commented that I'm aware of, he's just like, no, nah, I just I used to make movies and TV, and now I don't. I've got a family. How cool is that? You know, like that's that's like all the information he provided in that video. And I was like, <laughs> what a guy, man. What a fucking cool guy. That's a real life baby that's face nice. right there. Dude, um Let's talk more about the movie, I guess. <laughs> sure. Oh, I was I was easing into this one. I want to I want to let this I want to let Good Burger breathe. I want to waft the good smells of the good fries and the Good Burger. Um, yeah, this is this is one you really got to let marinate. Um I think it's weird and maybe not I think it's a bold choice to start this movie and have the opening scene be a dream sequence <laughs> with talking burgers with eyeballs and it's I've mentioned before so that the this talking sandwich and Muppets from space yeah. freaked me out imagine five of those things in the opening scene like this is what our movie's about whoa I'm flying yeah. with fast food <laughs> <laughs> good and then he wakes up from the dream sequence and i don't know i can't really pick a favorite line but this is in contention when he goes he like jolts up to his alarm going off grabs it looks at the time and goes whoa 
a clock. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking funny. Oh no, we might lose Denny on this one, folks. It's Um, pure love. Usually, I'm feeling like I'm like God. I'm punch drunk on my love of Good Burger right now, man. I fucking love this movie. I love every second of it. Um, Except I have some critiques about the third act, which we'll get to. But that's not what's important. Uh, what is important is Abe Vigoda's in this thing. Who? Abe Vigoda from the... From... Um, shit. Uh, why can't I think of... Not The Sopranos. The other Italian piece of media. That's the, Itali- the Godfather. The Italian job. The, the No, shut up. The Godfather. <laughs> shut shut your mouth. Uh, who's he? Is, he? is he Otis? Yeah. Ah, you gotta take me to the hospital. I think I broke my ass. <laughs> um, dude, you know who else is in this? I've seen it so many times, and I just saw her name in the opening credits. Um, Linda Cardellini is in it. In the whole movie, I was like, "Yeah, is she like a is she like a customer that's there for like a second? And then it occurred to me about halfway through, I was like, "She's the psych ward patient who frees all the all the kangaroos from the zoo." Lifelong dream of mm-hmm. mine, by the way. Um. Oh my God, that's Linda Cardellini. Yeah. What? I I, I, I didn't <laughs> read her name. I didn't read her name, but I saw her face. I was like, Oh, yeah. There you are. Yeah. Welcome aboard. Also, George Clinton. If y'all know him, he's uh, he's on the soundtrack for for this movie twice. He's in the fantastic opening number. Do fries come with that shake? Um, and also uh. <laughs> the the song that they dance to not just knee deep in the in the psych ward uh it's 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 his band and he had, he was a solo act later but uh george george clinton is the the dude in like the blonde dreads um that's in the psych ward with him mm-hmm. looks like a real psych patient <laughs> you know, yeah. like, <laughs> um i don't know they just there's cool dude. people in this movie Lori beth dinberg making a cameo you love to see it dude that psych ward segment i totally forgot was in this movie like until this time it was really weird i was like man it's it's kind of where things go off the rails for me it's like man the rooms are padded and so is the runtime yeah i was very much good wow that was good headline good good headline for your review um gotcha there that's uh i one day i'm gonna get on my soapbox fully about disastrous third acts to fantastic 90 movies that were headed for greatness um goofy movie looking at you um (laughs) and uh dude this movie just worked in every way despite the fact that like there was no motivation for kurt just wanting to kill good burgers so badly um like after they started firing back you saw why he was threatened but he was just initially Mm -hmm. like fuck you fuck you i'm putting you out of business like just Mm -hmm. there was no backstory to that there was a lot of stuff that just wasn't fleshed out a lot of consequences that were just immediately ignored like even like the resolution for the movie the whole crux of it is like he has to pay his teacher 1900 dollars, and he has to stop exploiting his friend and at the end of the movie he just goes all right teach here's about half the money and i'll get you the rest when i get it to you and uh kel no more exploiting you you know like Mm -hmm. wait what i thought you absolutely had to get him this money that's the whole stakes of this movie 
It turned out you could have just been like, mm, I'm going to pay you half. And they just walk away and nothing would happen. Um, all that goes to say, to me, it just had so much heart and soul and legitimate just silliness that it worked. And then we go to psych wards and we're doing big budget building falling apart sequence. And I'm like, the whole charm of this movie was it's contained in this little tiny shitty burger joint and you know like the what charm are you is doing contain- guys like the charm is contained in the characters yeah not you know the crazy shit that they're doing that's that's where the real charm is like yeah. love him or hate him even i i think you know ed's just there he's written and performed like he's just a human ninja turtle that is a little a good more aloofness that is a good descriptor and I think that's on purpose. Like he he talks. He's got his like shaky '90s like bro kind of walk. He's like Spicoli. a ninja turtle. He's, he's Spicoli from Fast Times. It's all completely intentional, which you know, it's a '90s kind of thing. I don't mind it, but it's just like it's like the- love it, love it or hate it. Now, his character is what makes this movie what it is oh absolutely he's it he's wasn't the, idiot, the plot the, the idiot surfer dude who doesn't surf like that's that's ed right I, I do i do love that he keeps his like uh work uniform on oh pretty much the whole, well there's even while he's showering well there's this moment right where um there's this like i don't know it struck me as genuine where they're like good burger's gonna close and he's like good burger's my life you know like he seems like mm-hmm no like it's like one of the only times you really saw him emotionally react to something it's just like dude the man loves his job like he loves Mm -hmm. good burger he loves it so much like i'll go do the deliveries whatever yeah Yeah. it it, like it fulfills him it completes him he's Mm -hmm. he and he doesn't even seem to have a real problematic relationship with it like his love for good burger is just it just keeps paying off for him you know um mm. well and i think that's also the charm of ed like the character monique says it to keenan where she's like yeah i hated you and thought you were a douche and then you were nice to ed and he was like what you like ed and she was like dude ed is one of the most genuine and sweet people i've ever known in my life you know and it's like mm-hmm. he really does come across as authentic in all of his idiocy you know like he comes across as like dude ed's just unapologetically being himself you know like that's that's the charm of the character to me um yeah i love him i'm a dude he's a dude he's a dude she's, she's a, dude. a dude and we're all dudes we're all dudes dude ed Hell yeah ed from good burger non-binary icon <laughs> we're all dudes by the I, way I, less uh... less than jake you better put that cover on spotify you hear me i've been waiting we're all dudes featuring Cal Mitchell. We want it on Spotify. The people have spoken. Sincerely, a concerned dude. <laughs> Sincerely, the people. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I think you kind of summarized everything when you were talking about just issues with the third act. I don't think the local police force is super concerned about illegal food additives. Yeah. They're just like, what the hell's going on here? And they're like, they're using triampathol in their food and the cops like oh really now well you're going to the slammer and they're like eh, i don't know what the fuck that is dude it's just like dude you forgot <sighs> what you were 
less less is more mm-hmm. less is more less, less is less more is a hundred percent more like you didn't you didn't need to do the psych ward or the chase scene in the ice cream truck or the the big Monto Burger grand finale with lots of stunts and shit. You you didn't need to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. I was fine with one burger joint that reminded me of the '90s and another burger joint where it also reminded me of the '90s because for some reason we were like, fast food employees should look like astronauts. That's what that's what's <laughs> neat. You know, <laughs> like it's so cool. And that, that was a thing for real. Yeah. And oh. Yeah, Mondo Burger. Being cynical is, is about a type. that as a kid was easy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, um, yeah, like all the issues with the third act, I think they make up for a lot of that with the finale. With like, you know, Ed, like Ed saves the day and everyone lifts him up on the shoulder and just chants his name. Ed, what? what? Ed, what? 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 It's just like little bits like that and. A joke that they only use once, which I'm glad they use once, is when, like, Ed just, like, rattles off, like, well, I wanted to do this, but, you know, like, with a, with a bogged-down legal system and, like, just starts delivering this really, like, smart, intelligent, thought-out thing. Uh-huh. I'm glad they only went to that well once. We're like, oh, no, Ed's actually, like, really smart for this one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was really good. No, yeah, it's the kind of thing where, like, it only works once. You don't, again less is more you understood in some ways good burger filmmakers um Mm. and you know his gimmick was so good his gimmick of taking everything literally that uh drax the destroyer had to steal it so you tell me who did it first (laughs) you you tell me who did it first Um, uh speaking of gimmicks are you ready for gimmicks oh wait i've got something i need to say before gimmicks yeah yeah i have one major point that's my gimmick but uh We'll see what you got to say first. Oh, wait, I've got two. Wait, I've got three. Jesus. First of all, um, do you remember when Ginger Dead Man sunk so low as to steal the plot of this movie? <laughs> just just a Lord. thought that occurred to me that I wanted to write down and bring up later, even though I'm barely taking notes now. Dude, I was like, I'm not going to remember like, that. I feel like when we watched Ginger Dead Man, I was just like, oh, that's just Mondo Burger. Yeah. But I think I don't think I like wrote it down or really gave it any thought because the uh, movie sucked my brain power. Yep. So there we go. Um, did you ever catch? I'll bet you didn't. I caught it for the first time. They made an all that reference in this and I've never um, noticed it. I didn't watch all that. So they go uh, like Keenan goes to Kel or Dexter goes to Ed and says, dude, she is all that and ed goes all what and dexter goes never mind they were both they were both Uh, actors on on the nickelodeon show all that at the time that this movie was made um like i said didn't have nickelodeon but i like it i I like that yeah um also i've got two things to say one of them is 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 a note and one of them is a personal anecdote um Mm -hmm. this is keenan thompson's best performance and i honestly don't think he gets a lot of credit for how funny he was in this movie because mm-hmm. he was standing in the shadow of a giant that was Kel Mitchell's Ed. But Keenan had some really good delivery on some stuff, um, like little things like, uh, now this grinder, is it a literal grinder or is that just a metaphor? You know, like there were just like <laughs> little moments like that that were really funny to me or like, oh, what I thought was so badass is when Kurt's like, you want a piece of me? And Keenan goes, yes, please, extra crispy. And I like, 
I would quote that all the time as a kid. Like it was, I thought that was like <laughs> such a cool comeback. Um, I don't know, man. He was he was good at being the straight man, but he also had a lot of really really funny things. I thought he walked the line of uh, slimy uh, slimy manipulator with endearing kid who's just trying to make it. You know, like it was it was it was a, it was a yeah. delicate balance, and I think he struck we're, it. We're we're open to his um, like change of heart yeah yeah he doesn't need much of a change of heart but when he does you know come to that point we're we're very much on board with that and i think yeah good good point i good call out on his performance there yeah and uh i just want to admit publicly i was an adult before i figured out how they get the weenie into the corny exterior of a corn dog (laughs) I was like literally a grown man and I was like how do they do it there's no crease there's no seam like how do they get the hot dog in there and everyone at the table was like they dip it in a batter and bake it you fucking idiot awesome. <laughs> like, and I was just like oh my fucking god I've literally thought like there's like I knew that I've thought factory workers were like delicately pulling some like sleight of hand magic to get the corn dog into the corn <laughs> did you have anything else before gimmicks uh, that rocks um yeah i do want to give ed uh some credit for you know maybe the karate throw was a little bit much but uh rejecting sexual assault uh it happens to men too folks yep. uh roxanne's out to get your recipe um, Doesn't that sound yeah. better than mini golf? Men no! Need to consen- <laughs> men need to consent too. Yeah. Just chucks her over there. So <laughs> good, good on Ed for uh, not standing for that shit. Oh, man. I'm with you. I stand with Ed. Um, I stand with Ed. If Carmen Electra ever tries to seduce you to steal your sauce recipe, talk to someone throw her throw oh her. Yeah. oh talk to someone yeah. um throw her or throw her um what if we had our first kiss in front of the good burger <laughs> index fingers touching with my thumbs up um denny what is your favorite reason why good burger should have won the audience poll um because as a white kid in the racist suburbs and an even more racist family this is the first movie i ever saw that acknowledged race um when at the end i i grew up with that bias of like you're not supposed to talk about it you're not supposed to say it um and it really like gave me like a double take moment when they do that bit at the end where kel goes is it because i'm black um yeah. and one of the funny one of the funniest jokes also absolutely um and uh yeah i don't know and you know looking back on it I would answer to Hollywood when I know they have this this kind of unspoken rule where if there's more than one racial minority as a lead in the movie, then people will think it is a movie just for that ethnic group. Um, mm-hmm. Let me say this. White kid had a lot of bias to check, had a lot of uh, prejudice to work through, always committed to further working through it. This is a movie with two black protagonists um, that was marketed to a lot of white kids and I never once felt excluded or like it wasn't for me and was never like what is this some kind of black people movie you know like so 
fuck off Hollywood with that fucking mentality that if you have more than one racial minority, white people won't relate to it. Eat shit. Fuck off. Yeah. That's why. That's the most serious thing I can say about Good Burger. Good on them. Dude, good Burger um, and good on them. Jeez. <laughs> Um, I actually had a very, very, very similar answer. Cool. Um, I, all right. I wasn't expecting it. When you think like '90s kids movie, like almost everybody that grew up in that time will say like, "What's what's the quintessential '90s kids movie?" You might get like Blank Check, you know, Home Alone, uh, Brink, like we talked about, mm-hmm. and then Good Burger is going to be on pretty much everybody's list. Yeah. This this came out of that decade, um, you know, very high in people's minds, and you know, to a, to a certain extent, stands the test of time. And it's it's crazy that something that holds this much weight with like an entire generation of people is a movie that you know, I'll just kind of re- reiterate what you're saying with my notes here is just like. I can't overstate the cultural significance of a kid a kid's comedy that's this huge of a hit with two black leads, a black soft antagonist with Sinbad mm-hmm. and a black love interest. Mm-hmm. It, like it's it's so incredibly important and it, like you said it's like the one main serious thing I could say about this movie is just like it's something that I didn't even think or really care about as a kid but like watching it now you're just like damn i'm glad this thing came out on top yeah the way it did in 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 our minds oh absolutely and that's because like hollywood is wrong about that stupid like fucking marketing strategy they have like that becomes a thing because you insist on making it a thing but if you make a good movie anyone will like it right so fucking do representation um, yeah, like co- comedy and like relatability. That stuff transcends race and sexuality and gender identity, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like it's just if you make human characters and like accessible, mm-hmm. relatable content, then people, human beings, are going to relate to that and enjoy it and pay money to see it. Which you know, everybody fucking wins. So isn't that great? Yep, and. On, on a uh, just because you mentioned Sinbad and I thought of a perspective change on a completely different subject. Do you know? Do you know? It's, do you know? It's hard for me to admit as an adult that I have to acknowledge. What's up? Sinbad's character did nothing wrong. He was actually incredibly cool to Dexter about crashing into his car that he cared a lot about. He didn't snitch. He didn't snitch. He gave him a chance to do the right thing, and he had every reason to say. I don't trust this fucking 15 year old with no money to pay me back $2,000. Mm. Um, like, and they just keep fucking with him. Like he's some sort of villain. Like we're supposed His to poor hate mailboxes. Him. Yeah, dude. Like, and then like the fucking Mondo burger mascot thing, uh, crushes his really nice car. And like mm. literally all he did was like the seventies, Hold somebody accountable. Hold someone accountable, empower black people, and eat good burgers. Except they were Mondo burgers. But he didn't even say, like, I hope your shitty little good burger fucking dies. He was just more like, I prefer Mondo burger. 
home of the big booty burger. You know, like <laughs> um, <laughs> he wasn't even like, I've decided to give my business to Mondo Burger where they don't have miscreants driving their delivery vehicles. He's like, oh, hey, I was coming in to handle this matter with you real quick. I'm going to go grab lunch uh, across the street. Like, it wasn't even yep. a dick about it. Like, his character did nothing wrong and is portrayed as, like, again, a soft antagonist. Kurt's, Kurt's our hard antagonist. Uh, I don't even... He's Sinbad. That's who he is. I don't know the character's name. Um, like I, I forget, too. Yeah. It's okay. Um, dude, he did nothing wrong. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Like, yeah, you're he right. was actually and... incredibly cool about it. Like, stupid fucking cool about what happened. I do, I do appreciate that um, amassing $2,000 extra dollars is still as much of a problem 25 years after this movie came out. Yeah, I was... Isn't, isn't that fucking cool? I was legitimately like, dude, no cost of living. Judging by your mom's car, I'm assuming your family's wealthy. And judging by the fact that none of y'all's parents are around ever, I'm assuming your families are wealthy. You just don't want to tell her what you did because you'll get in trouble. Um, yeah, dude, are you serious? You couldn't work full time for three months and come up with two grand and like spend none of it on anything other than paying this guy back. Um, it shouldn't be that hard, but uh, well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Especially um, if you're a child having your labor exploited by a fucking burger chain. <laughs> well, Denny, what's your favorite line from Good Burger? Greg, I, I don't know that I can pick a favorite line, but I'm going to try. Um, something that's absolutely integrated into my vernacular that I do not do as a bit, and I get surprised when it makes people laugh, um, is when I'm excited. I'll be like... Yippee Skippy! Um, I, I say that all the time, and it's I'm from laughing. this movie. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with one. Oh, fuck, you go first because I don't want to take yours. I'm given multiple honorable mentions. I can't not. You go first. Uh, I had one runner up, and that was uh, Ed and Dex just yelling, "Shack!" That's a great bit. Shaquille O'Neal's in this one, and this is back when he played basketball. Yeah. And dude, by the way. So. I had to stop and be like, you see Shaq on the basketball court against other really, really tall people? And you're like, yeah, Shaq's a big guy. You see him against normal people, like, in, in this setting, and you're like, you see him that dude's a fucking burger. freak. Like, that's a fucking, like, holy like, shit. I've always seen him standing like, next to, like, Carl Malone or something, you know? Like, Here's this guy handing him a normal-sized hamburger, and then Shaq holds it, and he's holding a fucking slider between Dude. two fingers. You're like, Jesus! I'm, <laughs> I'm the biggest guy I know, except for CJ Ferguson, and, like, Shaq is, like, a head and a half taller than me. Like, we've, we've never mm -hmm. been around someone that tall in person. Like, it's insane. Like, it's insane how tall that guy is. He's gigantic. But um, my favorite line which is probably one of the most famous lines from this movie, is uh, Ed reading over the contract saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. I know some of these words. Terrific. I, uh, His delivery is way better than mine, but hey, I, I love that one. That was a, a strong contender for favorite line and a runner-up for me, and uh, also something that's in my vernacular. Like, one of my brothers who 
uh, when he was in grad school for his finance degree, asked me to proofread one of his papers because I know English, I suppose. And I responded like, I know some of these words, and it looks very nice. Um, the words, <laughs> the words I know looked great. Um, all right, you already gave a runner up. I'll give another runner up um, before my favorite. I'm reporting your name to the manager. The manager already knows my name. <laughs> um, my, my number one favorite that gets a huge belly laugh out of me every time is, man, I don't remember what my dad looks like either, but at least I get to see him every day. <laughs> when Keenan's talking about his father abandoning him and telling the sentimental story about a yo-yo and Kel's like, I don't remember what my dad looks like either, but at least I get to see him every day. <laughs> oh my god, that's a great line. That's a Denny's great losing it over fucking here, guys. line. Oh, Greg, what is your critiker score? I, 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 you know, I knocked it. I praised it. This again is just like a nice little time capsule. Um, annoyed me in certain parts, but I can't deny its charm. I gave this one a twenty-four out of forty. Don't hate me. I won't hate you, because I can't really argue that you should have given it higher. Mm-hmm. But I still wish you did. <laughs> um, I bumped mine up from a 32 out of 50 to a 35 out of 50. Um, okay. I just, uh, I went through a really harsh phase. And I think I was like, I was overcorrecting things I had sentimental value for. You know, like I, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I really want to like have my ratings have integrity. And I want to know the difference between shit i like because i grew up on it or it panders to me and shit that's actually good and i want to be able to admit it um this is both this is a really good silly ass kids movie that an adult could watch and not feel entirely insulted by um it has a lot of uh moments that didn't need to be there not even usually when i say something like that it's because they did something uh, insensitive to a vulnerable demographic of people and played it for laughs but I'm more just like man you didn't need the heavy handed yo-yo backstory you didn't need the the psych ward you didn't you, you just didn't need all that you know like you just you could have just let it be funny and silly and low stakes this this good burger was never about what was at stake okay like <laughs> It was about yeah. what was that ground beef. I was fuck goddamn. Ah. Beat you to it. <laughs> you beat me to it. You beat me to it, man. Oh man. Oh man. Uh I guess there's nothing left to say but Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? I only wish we could have talked about it longer, but there was nothing left to say. So... Yeah. That, that's the thing, man. It's just like we ran out of stuff to talk about, which is a shame. We One didn't even watch... talk about the strawberry jacuzzi. What do you mean we ran out of... Oh, that's <laughs> or the line... You did post about it. Shark poisoning? Why would like they want to all... poison those innocent sharks? <laughs> they almost killed people. Yeah. 
with a fucking good burger dude that's that's one of those things where it's just like like overstepping like we're crossing a line here it's just like oh we're just gonna put something in here and makes people poop like we're gonna murder some old fucking ladies so yeah. watch out like it was like, oh this isn't fun anymore very fitting that it was shark poisoning because that was like the exact moment that the movie kind of jumped the shark despite the fact that i did think <laughs> i i did think like the premise of like of all the things they could have just said like we're dumping hydrogen peroxide in the sauce but they were like yeah nah we're dumping like this fucking batman prop that we found in the prop closet on set no 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 every every restaurant in california has to have that in their kitchen like it's like rat poison right it's shark poison so when okay. sharks get into your restaurant you can handle it okay uh okay that makes more sense <laughs> that makes more sense splish splash <laughs> what a fucking intro what a lead in what a lead in uh, gregory <laughs> seamless edit guys uh <laughs> uh it's this dumb bullshit it's water world folks ever heard of it you guys seen this you read about this Denny, <laughs> respond. <laughs> it's a pod. It's a podcast where we both talk, buddy. Let's go. You want to get? Yeah, let's hop on Waterworld. Um, thank you guys for voting for this. This was my. Uh, I resurrected this one. Uh, it lost our. Just like Popstar, it lost the box office bomb that actually rules. Um, that was my suggestion then, and I would not suggest it now. And I, I resurrected it because, yeah, I was like, people know what this is. And then people picked it. People did know what it was, and apparently Thanks, guys. they like listening to us suffer, which is literally the opposite of like, our goal on this podcast. If you, wanna, yeah. if you want <laughs> All the comments. a negative movie podcast, listen to the rest of them. Here we like liking things on movies for when and... But God damn it, you made us do Waterworld. Here's here's the thing. Um, we can like two thirds of the movies we do. I thought we you meant. Throw in a, I thought you meant two. I thought you were gonna say two thirds of this movie, and I was like, Gregory. Uh, oh, shut up, no, Gregory. No, 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 no. no. Do we have another country bears situation on our hands, or are you reformed? I think it's actually. I think it's actually a really clever satire. Uh, <laughs> even though it isn't. God damn it. I like that movie. I don't know what to tell you, man. I know, uh, I, I, but it is well established that you like that movie, Greg. <laughs> it's in the Hall of Fame, baby. I'll get a poster eventually. Um, speaking of things that shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, Waterworld. Um, this is a 1995 film. That sucks. It's uh, we. W <laughs> I, I watched it on Amazon, but I'm pretty sure your parents may have a... Uh, two cassette vhs copies somewhere in the attic no one bought um, this on vhs i don't even know anyone who like thought it was good from that generation i i i'll ask my dad um i'm gonna see him we're gonna hang out with 
him and my brother. Uh, I'll I'll ask if either of them has seen this movie, but I'm gonna Dude. think it's gonna be a resounding no because my parents <laughs> haven't seen anything. Bless you. I remember um, seeing it like on the TV Guide channel while I was like in a hotel with my dad on like a vacation. What was did the bar fill the whole screen for how long it was? I just remember being like, "Ooh, what's Waterworld?" And he was like, "Hey, no." <laughs> we're not it, it's it's not a good movie and i remember i i remember thinking it was like literally like probably about plumbing and was like some like stupid 90s stoner comedy about a plumber is what i like assumed it was i i would have liked to have seen that well um, wait till we cover the cyberpunk classic the super mario bros you will see I was that about to say. <laughs> also featuring dennis hopper as a villain that sucks i didn't even um, intentionally connect those two dots but you're right yeah, that's what happens when you think. Sucks, man. Um, I'll summarize the plot. Please. There so, it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oops. Sorry, guys. But in all seriousness, Waterworld is set a few hundred years in the future. The polar ice caps have melted. The Earth is covered in water. Um mankind is just surviving on big metal boats they're trying to reconnect with like the old world and uh dry land is like a fabled thing because everything's underwater uh they can't all be the uh, post man <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> uh, we'll do the postman eventually but but yeah uh we're we're with a guy called the mariner played by kevin costner and um he finds a girl she has a tattoo on her back that is basically an expedia logo or whatever the fuck and and it's a map to quote air quotes here dry land uh they think it's like a prophesized thing but really and, it uh, just says did you know you can bundle your home and auto insurance jesus christ if you translate it boat <laughs> <laughs> boat and uh seaplane insurance by switching to geico this podcast is not yet sponsored anyways this girl this little girl's got a tattoo on her back everybody wants her because she, they think the tattoo is significant kevin costner also like in the postman begrudgingly is the hero that saves the day which is a character nobody likes watching but he keeps doing <laughs> <laughs> The the um, hero who instead of being motivated was just drugged through the motions of the hero's journey against his will. Yeah. <laughs> Never gave a shit and then just moved on after it. <laughs> For a completely unrewarding third act. Uh are we getting ahead of ourselves or have I summarized uh, the plot already? Just, let's Hey, guess what everyone? It's a post apocalyptic movie about a fucking water world and it's as dumb as it sounds. And maybe I... even dumber. I'll I'll disagree with you there. I think that's cool. I think it's a cool concept to have like a water-based like post-apocalyptic movie. And how long everything... and how long do you think you could make that interesting with the limitations that's of That's the your problem. Premise? Okay, okay. That's so we the agree. Problem. We agree. It's not this a horrible a, premise. This is a frozen situation. Yes. Right? Where it's just like okay, it's a good idea, but how do we get 90 95 minutes out of this i would have loved it but if they figured out how to did. get 95 minutes out of this premise i would have loved it if they figured out how to get that amount of time out of this i wish they cut it down to 95 minutes uh 
Greg. I'll, I'll, I'll start with my relationship yeah. with this movie by saying you and I both... Well, we broke the cardinal rule by texting each other about this movie a little bit yesterday. Um, we both thought this was like a three-hour movie. You even posted about well, it. Like, I, I also I thought this was a three-hour movie. If you Google its runtime, it will say two hours and 56 minutes. Yeah. Like it's, and like, I, I've I, never been let down by Google with such a simple informational error before. I'm going to start dude, using DuckDuckGo. I'm just kidding. to Google my Waterworld <laughs> runtimes. I think we were blessed by Amazon. I think Amazon gave us <laughs> release the merciful cut. No, because <laughs> the uh, what you find on Amazon, which is what uh, Danny and I both watched, was two hours and fifteen minutes, which was still entirely too long. Yeah. But if it was three hours, I think we would have like ditched the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I would have just like, given my Critiker score and called it a day. Yeah, like, <laughs> like let's just slap a number on this thing. I'm not talking about this for 40 minutes after watching it for three hours. <laughs> yeah, like... read, read the IMDb trivia and just carry on with our lives. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I never watched this growing up, uh, but it was like the name was popular like i i have always known that this movie existed basically mm -hmm. um it came out in 1995 which is roughly around the time i started remembering things basically right i was five years old or so when this came out mm -hmm. but you know i i think i'd seen bits and pieces here and there but i never actually watched it all the way through until uh yesterday um yeah, man. What about you? Do you have a relationship? Did you grow up watching it? Did your parents see this? It sounds like your dad wasn't a fan. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Um, I uh, I believe that this was on uh, on me and Vanessa's first ever annual movie list. Oh, and, sick. Uh, and for similar reasons of like... Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, of like, this is a topic of conversation. Everyone references Waterworld, and we don't know what they're talking about, so we're putting it on the list, mm -hmm. um, which was the original mm -hmm. purpose of this, of like, hey, what movies did we miss out on? And now it's like, hey, what uh, weird, obscure movies do we want to make a point to watch this year? You know, um, but mm -hmm. um, it was originally like, what very non-obscure movies have we not seen? You know, like, and then... In about I like that. In about two years, we worked through most of the big ones. Um, you know, like um, so we had to get weird. But um, so, dude, I I had a weird relationship with this movie because Vanessa and I both agreed when we watched it. We were like, it's a dumb action movie, but it knows what it is. I had a good time. Like, I don't know why everybody shits on it. Um, I like it's like okay, it's not art, but like. It was fun. It's a cool premise. If you don't take it too seriously, it's a pretty good time. Um, and yeah. I don't know what fucking crack Kevin Costner slipped me. Because I watched it this time with a clear head and was just like, this is quite literally the dumbest shit I have seen in my life ever. Like, it's so... Yeah incredibly stupid for every fucking moment of its two hour and 15 minute runtime. It's so fucking dumb. And this is coming from a guy who just praised good burger. 
<laughs> praise the character work of Kel Mitchell in Good Burger. <laughs> and even I am like, Waterworld is too fucking stupid for me. <laughs> I can accept Ed from Ger- Good Burger, but the Mariners where I draw the line. Um, Kinda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's Dude, my point. Like, That's what I'm committing to. Yes. Dude, I'm I'm on board with you, man. Like you said, you know, it's it's a a dumb action movie. Like your your old mindset was like it's just a dumb action movie. You don't have to take it too seriously. This movie just demands that you take it extremely seriously Dude. though. Every like, line of dialogue thinks it's fucking Frodo Baggins laying prone on Mount Dune after destroying the ring. Like, every line of fucking dialogue treats it like you care so much more than you do. They act like they have fucking earned your investment with every fucking melodramatic word they say. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's And, and it's not just Kevin Costner's character, either. It's like... Everyone! Children! The, the little... The child with the Expedia tattoo on her back. Uh, the girl which, with the Expedia tattoo is her character's gr- name. <laughs> And she grew up to be Flo, and so the prophecy was no. She was the she was the the direct bloodline descendant of Flo from Progressive. <laughs> That's why you clearly don't know your Progressive commercial extended universe lore. You used to have to go to Purgatory to buy Progressive insurance, and now you can get it like on a beach. Like they're really like expanding the world. I watch a lot of We're Hulu, all- and I won't pay for the ad free version. <laughs> We're learning a lot here. Um, man, um, so I, I should have mentioned earlier, I apologize, but this, this movie, maybe I did mention it. Who can remember? This movie's a uh, mental and time vacuum. Um, I believe this was originally on the poll for a box office bomb that actually rules. I think I mentioned it at the top of the episode. Yeah. Um, box office bomb that actually rules. Um, it did not the, deserve to win that poll. It didn't deserve to win that. <laughs> it was bowl half right. It, it was a box office bomb. It eventually made back its money, but like overseas. Ah, uh, maybe there's maybe it's there's insane, a, a, an appeal of they understood more about water because they were on the other side of the ocean. Shut up! All right, <laughs> they related more. Because there, like, there was an ocean. Apparently, like, the dir- like I didn't read too much into it. I, I read somewhere, like, the director quit at some point, so Kevin Costner directed a decent chunk of this movie. That tracks. Um, <laughs> Based on his and, other directorial work I've seen, that checks out. Face value. He won an Oscar. He won an Oscar for Dances with Wolves, which he directed. Well, I haven't seen that, but I have seen The Fucking Postman. He directed that. Oh yeah, and ca- we'll get to that. We'll get and to that. And he in cast his own daughter as a character who has a crush on him. It's a lot to unpack in our Postman episode. Get ready for Fourth um, of July. You're getting an eight-hour spectacular covering the Postman. <laughs> I'm I'm down with that. That's a good tease. I, I, I'll put it's got to happen later. I've been I've been planning but, on it. Yeah, like uh, Costner was going through a divorce while this movie was being made he this also, movie sucks so hard his wife left him yeah this is another um patch adams but the real guy scenario um wait there was a real the mariner <laughs> never mind 
Uh, probably he had webbed feet. Uh, and he did and help children, just like Patch Adams. I'm gonna build a sea hospital. <laughs> um, like, there was just all sorts of production issues. That just like this movie originally, I think, had somewhere around a sixty million dollar budget, and it wound up with somewhere around a hundred and sixty million because it just kept like running into issues kevin costner drifted out to sea at one point <laughs> Never they had to back. rescue him it was a body double that's why he's not in movies anymore jesus yeah, like, how could this how, this how could you pitch this movie and think you'd spend less than a hundred million dollars on this not not to you know fit too much with the theme of water world but you really got to learn about sunk costs here <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was good that popped me yeah thanks man but, like it, it feels like a production like i i broke the silence of you know denny and i don't talk to each other about the movies we watch until the episode basically but i texted denny last night after watching i was just like Waterworld is such a fucking mess. Like, this movie's a mess. It feels like it was stuck in production hell. It feels like things were, you know, conceived and poorly fleshed out and just kind of added on. It feels like, we'll just, like, ah, we'll just throw these band-aids on these kinds of issues. Yeah. But, like, all yeah. kinds there's, of issues. There's a movie called Bad Taste um, that peter jackson made before he was peter fucking jackson um before he directed uh, godzilla versus kong 2 before he starred in hot fuzz yes um is he in hot fuzz he's the santa that stabs uh awesome. chris angel in the hand so bad taste is like first of all like clearly like a low budget independent film and it's just all over the place in its plot and then you find out that peter jackson and his friends made this over four years on the weekends like you know yeah, like and, yeah. and, and water world pays plays exactly the same way except with money but i would fully believe Ooh, that like man. they came and did like five days of shooting once every three months for five years to make this movie like i would fully believe that it's not what they did but that's what it seems like it's just wild man like this cost like by today's money amount like if you adjusted it for inflation to like modern times this is like avengers endgame budget i was about to say <laughs> in an avengers movie like not a black widow which is still like a high budget but like higher than that like we're we're getting to avengers tier like yeah. all of all of our big marvel actors yeah. right we're getting to high 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 budget and we've got like some kevin costner who was definitely an a-list celebrity at the time and then, like, a few other Not people. Not for long, though. It, it people just don't doesn't... forget Mr. Costner. It feels like it went on forever. It doesn't feel like it cost as much as it did. You know, Waterworld me With once, that amount of money... Shame on you. Postman <laughs> yeah. me twice, shame on me. You're out of the A-list. <laughs> <laughs> He's still got it, folks. Man. Uh, it, it does... Ugh. Uh. Dude. It's so hard. I, I have notes. Maybe I should just use these for reference. I'm right? glad I because I thought this was so mind-numbingly stupid that I barely managed to find a favorite line. I wrote almost I'll... nothing down. I was like, I can't give any more thought to this movie than it's already taking from me. All of my notes are like 
five to ten words with a period and then i go to the next i've got two notes i really wanted to get in and they're just two thoughts i couldn't stop thinking about the whole movie so i'll just get them out of the way and then we'll pitch to you for everything that's going to actually be content yeah cool yeah sure Um, my first one was uh i just couldn't stop thinking about the season five episode of community where they do the floor is lava um yeah and like and britta screams a line at the locker boys who are like fully themed out wearing goggles being obsessed with lockers and she just screams what are you getting from this extra level of commitment (laughs) that's that's what i wanted to yell at every character in this movie of like why are you all so themed (laughs) like resources are scarce you want to know why they're all so themed because they like the warriors because audience and critics agreed this is just a mad max ripoff why would we see this oh well yes that's 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 probably that's one of the reasons it flopped so hard pretty logical explanation mad max is cool but we got to be different they don't have very much water in mad max so how could we Uh, be different that's part of the what's the opposite how could we make the same thing how could we make it our own no water to too much water baby Um, which brings me to my next note (laughs) the whole movie was i couldn't stop thinking about how much water world and dry land sound like competing theme parks (laughs) (laughs) which by the way there's still a water world fucking show running at universal studios hollywood all these years later um the california universal park has a water world show but doesn't that sound like Oh man, how are we ever going to top it. the massively successful Waterworld? Hold on, I've got an idea for a park. It's called Dryland. <laughs> um, not not to uh, spoil the movie for uh, people that were really dying to see this one, but somehow missed out. Um, they find Dryland at the end. No, Dryland is a myth. That's the slogan of the Dryland amusement park. I'm going to start it's a myth where all they, your they, myths come true dry land where all your myths come true that fucking rules so two things here um they find dry land because they flip the expedia tattoo map upside down they're like oh we're supposed to go this way yeah and it's like nobody's been east before <laughs> yeah. and secondly they get to it and it's just like a big uh island no it was it was i was amazed at that final reveal that this is same universe as jurassic park you ruined my point ah shit i'm sorry i'm sorry (sighs) i didn't i didn't mean to i didn't mean to i didn't mean to steal it i'm sorry i I was just gonna say it would have been this movie would have been a masterpiece if they get to that island and it was just jurassic park dude i guarantee you that was shot in Kauai, where every um every american movie goes to film some something quote unquote foreign uh without having to actually go spend money and contribute to the economies of uh of another nation they just fly their shit to Kauai and film the pretty waterfalls I would be willing to bet that was the exact waterfall from Jurassic Park because Jurassic Park shot there. <laughs> no, I I absolutely believe it, man. Um, yeah, it's it's just dumb. I was expecting it to be like a little bit interesting, where it's like the top of Mount Everest or something like that, but it's all melted. It's, it's a great idea. Like that. That's a great idea. 
the peak oh my of god five, five seconds of thought wow <laughs> i did it oh <laughs> that's a great reveal for the end and it could be like nah. a cool little uh glimmer of hope right we found the peak of mount everest with a little flag on it that says um johnny the climber was here mount everest 1987 <laughs> i don't know <laughs> johnny the climber I don't know Famous who's peaked Mount Everest. I, I don't. I don't follow uh, uh, professional peakers. Says the guy who does it to his microphone every week. Hey! All right, not for long. Swish. Not for Swish. long. More on that later. I mean, when this movie started, I was okay. Hold on. When this movie was getting started, I was more on board. I was like, all right, I'm. I'm a little into this world some of these set pieces feel expensive and cool with like the jet skis like jumping around this town that they're kind of in that they've sort of built that floats it's like kind of cool i was kind of getting into it and then it just kind of slowly started devolving into like oh this that was like the best they had and i think the worst part for me has to be dennis hopper Wait, you didn't like that his eye patch was made out of chacos and a jock strap? I liked that. Oh, oh. <laughs> he was. I didn't like. He was a fucking cartoon character in this man, dude. Like, usually your your post apocalyptic villain. I'm gonna keep using Mad Max Fury Road as like an example for like a good template of what this should have been going for. Is like, you've got your. Immortan Joe, right? Like this big, just booming character with presence and gravitas. It's just like there's this aura of evil about him. And Dennis Hopper is just kind of a slimy dude. And like, that's it. Like he's kind of got the look, but he's just like, you know, I'm, I think I'm kind of a bad guy here. It's like casting me to play you, Denny. <laughs> like you do have the look. Yeah, I got the slimy Dennis Hopper look, but like What about the he, slimy he's... Dennis Taylor look? Eh, I like it. Uh he has a henchman with him who's like a kind of built he's like got long hair, he's kind of built, he's got a British accent, he's got like this threatening kind of voice and like presence about him. That should have been the main bad guy, whoever that actor was. Yeah. And like Mad Max Fury Road you know, like again, and Morton Joe, this, it just, ugh, dude. And then you got the protagonist with Kevin Costner, who's just kind of like, hey, I'm just in town to buy some supplies. You know, you should really think about waves more often, little girl. It's just like, okay, you suck. Like, we need someone like a. My throat uh -oh. is water world. Uh oh. My water dry went onto the dry land of my. <coughs> whatever lung esophagus there is whatever man like i wanted to get into this lore i'm just gonna talk over your coughing go ahead i wanted to get into this lore i liked the idea of like it's been hundreds of years and people are starting to mutate gills in like webbed feet i'm like okay this is kind of interesting yeah, yeah. and then they just ruin it none of these characters make any sense like kevin costner is just so soft for lack of a better term i prefer i have a better term yeah shitty like he gave shitty. a shitty performance in this movie 
Um, I usually don't like to be so blunt or just rude because I'm like, hey, that's a human. I'm a human. It would hurt my feelings if, if someone I didn't know said that about my creative work. But man, I'll, so I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll curb it. And I'll say miscast. Um, I, there's just this whole movie, the way he delivered his lines, the way he carried himself, his entire demeanor and appearance. I was like, who the fuck looked at Kevin Costner and said, action hero like kevin kevin costner did <laughs> i suppose so and i'm not saying there's no place for him but this is not it man this is not it um dude greg do you, do you know what a hook scene is you know the term uh is it where your main character pisses into a uh, series of uh, tubes and jars and then pumps it through and it becomes clear water in this movie it is um, it's a screenwriting term for a scene that usually a good guideline is it should be in the first five pages of your script um, it's when you introduce your protagonist and immediately give the audience a reason to care about the protagonist um, that's, mm -hmm. that's what you're supposed to accomplish pretty early in the movie who are we following and why do we care about them? Greg, their hook scene for this movie mm -hmm. was having the protagonist drink his own pee and it wasn't supposed to be funny. It was a it you, was you a know, business pee drinking, not a pleasure pee <laughs> drinking. <sighs> that was their like here's why That's you the should opening. here's why you should fucking care about this guy for three hours. He figured out Buy how to our safely story. drink his own pee. He didn't though, because he like he pees into a thing, and right, he just like pumps it, and it goes through like a bunch of tubes, and you know that's not doing jack shit. Like these piss pumps aren't doing anything for him. How do you, how do you not have him say something like, <clears throat> even better on the third pass or something like <laughs> that? He hasn't had fresh water and like. 10 urines or something you know like urines and it's also like wait a minute dude you're telling me you made a steampunk device to sanitize your own urine but you couldn't make a fucking brita filter <laughs> like to, to fucking get the fucking salt out of the ocean water what are you fucking it's talking about that you figured this out <laughs> but you couldn't figure out how to make the salt water drinkable I can't imagine yeah, I it's harder than making your fucking pee drinkable. You're making an amazing point. There's no way that that apparatus filters out pee and not salt out of ocean water, which is, as we've established, everywhere. And we're also supposed to supposedly assume that everyone has this device in there. Just everyone in this universe drinks their own pee. Um, yeah, because someone must have figured out a way to fucking get the salt out of it. <laughs> like if you could get I, the piss yeah. out of piss, I gotta think you could get the salt out of salt water, <laughs> right? right? Like, is that really like that? <laughs> Far of a stretch. That's right. God, this um, movie fucking sucks. It's so bad. I couldn't even watch dude. it in one sitting. I had to break it up. Am I am I getting old? Yes. Or is this shut Me up. too. Am I getting <laughs> fuck you. Am I getting old or is this movie just too darn loud? 
Um, it's too loud. Stuff's too loud. This is the only movie I've seen where I'm just like, Ugh, turn it down, guys. I uh, didn't experience that, and I don't I'll know let what you it is. do some introspective work around that. I can't really comment. It's... I just didn't experience that. There's like some... It, it goes into a lot of the production issues here, I think, of stuff just sounds like it's done on a separate... Like, some stuff sounds like it's shot there, where they are, and other stuff is just like, really? quiet dialogue done on a soundstage and then it's like he's kevin costner will be talking and it sounds like it's 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 something i hate adr i hate like glaring adr yeah. you can tell he's like delivering this these lines later but then like he's working some machinery and that sound effect is loud as shit while his dialogue is very hushed and it's just the oh my god the audio is all over the place in this movie and it just it feels like uh, it feels like a group project that you threw all the remaining students together that didn't pick a group and you're like all right you got two days to finish this project and they're just like whoa, whoa, whoa keep giving them more time they don't really know what they're doing one kid leaves to another school whatever it's, it's just like a mismanaged project yeah. and nothing feels concise there's no cleanliness to anything there's no uh unifying feel like scenes that are done in the same areas feel different to other scenes yeah. done in the same areas yeah. it's super weird dude and like a prime example of that point something that really bothers me and like either high concept things or period pieces is uh being anachronistic you know like it's like hey I get that it's a pain in the ass, but if your movie is set in the 90s and you go to a gas station that looks like a gas station now, you're going to break my immersion. So either don't set your movie in a set you can't acquire or find another place than a gas station, right? Like, mm -hmm. for your scene. Um, dude, like, the first action scene, we're in this fucking steampunk scavenger world. And then just some, like, really nice, well-maintained jet skis show up from supposedly <laughs> 200 years ago, right? Like, yeah, they, yeah. they're just well-made jet skis that the fucking barbarian uh, rape tribes all just, like, were like, hey, we're not going to get any more of these, so, like, keep them nice. Just immediate it's like, fuck this noise. Like, immediate, like, oh, you guys didn't try. Fuck off. They don't say how much time has passed, but it is enough time for human beings to evolve gills and webbed feet. It's been a hot minute. That would, and these first of all, be millions skis. of years, not hundreds. <laughs> Second yeah. of all, <laughs> right? Like, they're literally Jeez. setting this millions of years in the future if we're going to do, like, evolutionary adaptations to a completely new environment, right? Like... Denny's right, folks. <laughs> and I don't think it was supposed to be millions of years in the future. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be like 400. Tops. Dude. Like, I mean, oh, buildings man. underwater were still standing. How fucking long do you think those could hang out under that kind of water pressure? Uh, I'm going to say not long. Um, yeah. Not that long. <laughs> but do you know the fucked up thing about this, Greg? The really, like, truly, like, not okay thing? There is a clear moral message 
that it's totally fine to abuse people who are dependent on you, and it's all good. It's all good if you have a redemption arc. He was, our protagonist was a goddamn fucking abusive monster to the to the mm-hmm. two women on his boat. Like, fucking psychologically, physically, emotionally, verbally abusive towards them. Like, not like uh, edgy, standoffish, I don't want no baggage type of douche. Like, abuser. Right. Abusive. He tortured these people. And they just, like, got over it real fucking quick because he can swim. And and it's weird because um, our lady, whatever her name is, um, it doesn't matter, was like, well, her- I tried to offer you sex and you said no. And he was like, it's because you didn't really want me. Oh I was like, what part of your character believably had us think that that you actually gave a shit about that yeah and also i've gotta imagine your junk smells like shit beggars can't be choosers man Mm. come on come on come on come on salty salty sea dog man uh uh, man uh where do we go from here you want to talk about the deus ex gregorna uh, our our Russian friend on his hovercraft. I was wondering what you were going to come up with for that because I knew that someone needed to, and it wasn't going to be me. I'm glad you came up uh, with a Deus Ex pun for that. I did it. Oh, so yeah, so some some guy flies away in a flying craft. Uh, thirty minutes into the movie, and then like an hour plus later, he shows up to save the day once Kevin Costner's boat has been uh, set ablaze. Greg, that's called story. Plain and simple. That's right. That's called That's what they call story good, structure. Good writing. Jesus. Um. So fucking man, bad. I fucking hate this movie. I. I um. <laughs> you mean you didn't like the fact that uh, there's a made-up language called Portugreek? Greg, I don't think I caught that fact because this is the first movie we've covered since Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows that I just could not bring myself to pay attention even with the knowledge that i was gonna like publicly give my thoughts and reactions to this movie i was half present as at best the whole time because like in addition to being incredibly fucking dumb it was like stupid powerfully and intensely boring um like i just i did not get there what what's what's it called what's the language Portugreek. I didn't even fucking Portuguese mixed with Greek. I guess I didn't even notice. And I've seen the this movie twice. The speak twice. God damn it! They made up a language, yeah. and I didn't notice. Yeah, there's like a. You can tell all the money went into the action scenes. <laughs> yeah. For better or worse, because they like. I bet you completely forgot about this scene that just like stuck with me for some reason because it's so boring and so weird. Where, like, uh, the girl and her caretaker, they say that it's not her mom. But Kevin Costner is teaching the little girl how to swim. And it just, like, goes into cheap slow-mo, which is just, like, choppy frame rate slow-mo. It cuts back to the girl laughing and smiling. And the caretaker girl, like, the woman, back on the boat, just, like, staring at them emotionlessly 
and it's just cuts back and forth between those two things for like two three four maybe five minutes and I was very confused what that scene had I was yeah it 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 forces you to not pay attention to anything else going on dude I've never like it was an ocean's eight effect like I've just like I sat through so much of this movie and retained so little of it like I, I literally immediately before recording this podcast I watched the last 45 minutes of it um ooh the worst 45 minutes of it dude fucking don't really remember anything about it except that stupid fucking jurassic park ending like and that kevin <laughs> costner dropped a torch down a flume and blew up a place um yeah like it was I, it's just so goddamn forgettable there's just nothing substantial to store in your memory about this fucking slog of a high concept action movie it sucks yeah. it, like it sucks so much it's such a bad long awful tedious terrible movie i hate it tedious is a great word i i i feel bad for people that watched the three hour cut of this if it actually exists i'm not sure what that actually looks like i don't care enough to even check i'm glad that was not like readily available to us you know it's like you could pay to see the two hour 15 version but the netflix version for that you know comes with your subscription is three hours yeah we might not have done the podcast this week uh i don't um, i don't know that i had three hours to spare to be quite honest with you i'm really busy and we had a late start because i had to fucking i watched this uh a couple nights ago i i rented it on amazon and watched it until midnight and was like dude i just can't go on anymore like i just can't do 45 more minutes of this and be done with it i've got to save it like i don't don't know that i would have made the time for a full three hour version of this movie no definitely not man yeah i i don't even know what that would have looked like yeah uh did you notice that jack black was flying the seaplane i think i that rings a bell i think i noticed it the first time i watched it but i did not notice this time yeah jack black's in this movie i'm trying to come up with some silver linings here but uh there aren't any so (laughs) again i've said this before and i'll say it again there's one thing i truly cannot get past in movies and it's boredom like if you bored me like especially because like literally this movie what was it supposed to do other than entertain you like was it supposed to make you think was it supposed to make you feel something I don't think so. I think the only thing it could possibly have going for it is it's like mindless entertainment. And uh, I would just drop the entertainment and simply say it was mindless. Um, like, it was just so well, fucking boring, man. There's, there's like weird moments where Kevin Costner's character is trying to be like philosophical, right? It's like, oh my God. Tell, telling the gir- little girl, she's like, you're making too much noise. You gotta like stop and listen to the world and think about what you hear it's just like what are you talking about this isn't your character one and two like that's dumb yeah stop it well like when the little girl's giving the like john wick ass baba yaga monologue oh yeah yeah yeah, and it's like i was gonna get to that at some point dude and it's just like dude 
all this man is is a fucking asshole who has literally never been nice to you and has never given you any reason to believe he would stick his neck out to help you. Why are you this fucking is... so sold on his ass? You know, like, why do you think he's coming to help you out? This is where you can tell, like, Kevin Costner came in to start making the movie. He was just like, what if this little girl that's hated me and doesn't really know anything about me just started, like, really pumping my tires? I wonder if it was based and on his like, daughter. God, that was mean. God, that was mean nice. of me. I bet he had a great relationship with his daughter. I spoke out of turn. I said that because I'm hurting. I, when 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 people hurt us, we hurt people, and our, our our higher calling is to break the chain of suffering. Kevin Costner, I have no reason to believe you're not a great dad. I hope you did a great job with your daughter, and is and I'm gonna assume you did. But man, if you treated her like you treated your job as director of Waterworld, uh, I'm sure she's made uh, a, a lucky therapist a lot of money. Um. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> hell yeah dude um, um yeah i think we're wrapping up here man. dude uh I'm fucking gonzo's cousin dunzo with this movie um i i wanted to mention the score for this movie okay. it's going back it's going back and forth from lord of the rings to three ninjas fucking awful God. it's like when it's like the sense of adventure aura of mystery like world building scenes we get like this lord of the rings style symphony coming in mm-hmm. and then in the action scenes where kevin coster is being such a good guy we get this cheesy 90s good guy triumphant music it it sucks so bad it's horrendous and like i'll just say this is kind of my last point i think we talked about it when we like mentioned the postman right it's just like it's a character that i don't know how we're supposed to care about him it's the reluctant hero that goes still goes through the like the hero's journey and arc it's just like he he never cared about the people in need the people that he was left in care of he never really cared no about them no and he was completely dispassionate about everything this whole movie he never cared about anything exactly so then when the last 45 minutes come around and all of a sudden he's like playing the hero and like the little girl is giving her john wick monologue about how he's such a badass not none of it feels genuine none of it feels well placed it just feels like disorienting and confusing like where did this come it's like like you don't you don't really think that do you and then he's like i gotta save the girl she's my friend like you don't really think your relationship with her is abusing her and attempting to abandon her to die in the ocean that's that's your friendship with her all all of the relationships are shallow in a world where nothing is shallow (laughs) he didn't even like that kid enough to fuck her mom (laughs) that's right go 
sweetheart go below deck so this guy can go below deck am i right folks all right it's bedtime uh <sighs> denny what is your favorite reason why Waterworld should have won the audience poll it shouldn't have i can't answer that question um i got i would just say just to give an answer to the gimmick the sheer amount of money that was clearly spent and uh, just misallocated for sure like (laughs) to to quote brian danielson from this week's episode of aew dynamite sure this is why i have no faith in the american people well this should not have won this should not have this should not have won a vote for anything ever unless it was like best movie to poop on (laughs) and boy have we uh i've actually got two for this one denny but what's your favorite line my favorite line is something i related to in a very spiritual sense while watching this movie there's that guy like fucking doing a fucking italian tourist canal boat in a fucking basement of tar and he sees that kevin costner dropped a fucking yes flare, and he goes his final words as he realizes he's about to die are oh thank god and i was like that's i like that's how i feel at the end of this movie like are we getting thank god you're just gonna blow something up and roll credits (laughs) and also (laughs) what cool last words like you realize you're about to die oh thank god finally (laughs) what a what a what a cool way to go out what's your favorite line greg um i i have a runner-up and it's uh so Jack Black is flying a plane and he shoots I think it's him. Is it a different scene? I don't remember. Who cares? This is boring. Uh somebody shoots Kevin Costner and they hit him like in the side, like just above the hip, like kind of in the gut. Just like kind of on the side of his body. And, you know, they resolve that conflict, but he's like tending to his wounds and he's like dressing his wounds. And there's like a little bowl full of like bloody rags. And the little girl is like staring at him for more than 10 seconds and then looks at the woman and goes, he's hurt. That wasn't on the nose enough for you. What about we've got to keep an eye out for that iggy freak (laughs) you don't you don't like that really clear dialogue in case the audience can't figure out what's going on he's hurt (laughs) he's hurt (laughs) oh thank you um but the my favorite line which i highlighted on facebook earlier um it's a really weird moment where the our party with kevin costner and the uh, girl and the woman happen across a trader uh t-r-a-d-e-r out on the seas and the woman is encouraging kevin costner to talk to this man because well maybe he has some food <laughs> and she screams i, I, do I, remember I can't that do it line. because i do remember that line i, I will make the audio i will break people's headphones if i do it the way she never stop me (laughs) she screams the word food and it's super jarring you're just like if you're not paying attention just like whoa what what just happened (laughs) 
It's so goddamn loud. It's the weirdest delivery of a line I've ever heard in a movie. God. From an actress who wasn't, like, doing a bad job. She didn't have a lot of material to work with. I did not blame the actress. Like, there was very... She also didn't have a lot of fuck to work with. (laughs) Um, Greg, what's your Critiker score, my man? Uh, man. Uh... The the action sequences are in for, like are too few and far between. I I but when they do happen I am pretty engaged. I think They were not bad. The, the, the action scenes the were okay. Se- the set pieces that are made to look cool do successfully look cool. Yeah, but um, I've seen Hook. They fucking stole their set design. They 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 stole from Hook and Mad Max, so it's just like I'm just gonna watch a better movie, man. Like I I, there's no emotional impact to anything. Um, it's like what Colby used to say when people would say they liked country music to him. He'd be like, well, "What do you like about it? Do you like the classic rock elements? Because there's classic rock. Do you like the pop elements? Because there's pop. You don't have to listen to country music. Like no one's making you." <laughs> no one's making you watch Waterworld. We're making ourselves watch Waterworld. Uh, I'm giving this one a 13 out of 40. Yeah, 13 going on 40. That's a that's a movie I'd watch. Nice. It's a hybrid of uh, 13 going on 30 and Judd Apatow's This Is 40. It's same universe. Um, Jennifer Garner was in this movie. It would have been still bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, this is the single greatest drop in my Critiker score on a revision. Um, mm-hmm. After the first watch, I had it at a 38. And I initially just looked up another movie I hate, which is True Lies, James Cameron classic. Um, another time that he wasted the talent that is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um And I was like, this is about, like, True Lies, where it's way too long, incredibly stupid, and really boring, but it has some action scenes in it that are pretty good, but they're not great, but they're pretty good, and I'll I'll respect, because I'm aware of, like, how much fucking effort goes into shooting, like, a decent quality shot-reverse-shot dialogue scene, right? Like, I'm aware that, like, dude, that actually takes a decent amount of talent skill effort time and collaboration just to get like a decent scene of two characters talking in a room and so like you watch we didn't even get that here yeah i know but it's like you watch some of those action scenes and you're like dude like don't act like like if if i made those scenes i'd be really fucking proud of myself they're disorienting Mm -hmm. and confusing and violate the 180 degree rule of continuity editing constantly um, and I can't really tell where they are or what's going on, but you know what? If I shot them, I'd be proud, so I'll give them their flowers. I had True Lies as a 20, and as we talked about it, I actually revised it again and was like, nope, I hate this more than True Lies. Um, and I hate True Lies. Um, <laughs> this is, I dropped it down to a 16 out of 50, falling from a 38. <laughs> Um, I believe Robo War and Robocop 3 are also <laughs> at 16 on my Critiker rankings. Let me see if there's anything else 
for comparison. Um, I, Goodness gracious. I, guys, I am an easy grader, and I have a, I have a low floor. Um, cool World, the raunchy Who Framed Roger Rabbit ripoff. Um, Mausoleum and Rad are my other 16s um, with Robo War and RoboCop 3. And I can barely remember Mausoleum and Robo War. I watched them uh, while I was sick sometime. <laughs> so <laughs> that's there we go. That's how shitty this fucking shit was. Greg, what's the best movie that for when your vote didn't win the poll? Oh, it's a close one between Pop Star and Good Burger, man. Well, obviously, obviously, by process of elimination. Um, Pop Star lost two, but I think it could have won either one. But I think I kind of want to give the edge to Good Burger yeah. because I think it could. Um, I'm surprised it didn't win the poll, and I think it would have won the episode that it lost for. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Pop Star. I think Pop Star should have won one of the polls it was part yeah. of, but I don't think it would have won the episode. I think Good Burger won. Would have won the '90s episode. I'm. I'm with you a hundred percent on that. Pop Star is a better movie than Good Burger, but Good Burger had more right to win the poll it was nominated for. I'm with you 100% right. on that. I'm going to go with Good Burger 2. All right. Good Burger 2. Let's oh hope so. Oh, my God. That would rule. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I've been public about how much I hate legacy sequels, but, man, I'll be there at midnight. How, I'll be there at midnight. How long, how long until the um, uh, Waterworld reboot sequel gets made? Um, When they point a camera at the hopefully under 30 minutes of the theme park stunt show at universal studios hollywood i'd watch that before i watch this again. vanessa's, seen, um, vanessa's <laughs> seen it she went there i've never been to universal hollywood she went with her family she said it fucking rules and i believe her all right probably better than this movie i, I <laughs> yeah dude if there were fucking exploding jet skis and boats flying around in front of me for 30 minutes and no one went on 40-minute misadventures of do, sitting on the ocean. I bet I would like it. How do they have fucking bullets, man? <laughs> even even I, Pirates I, of the Caribbean 3, that fucking confused-ass, bonkers-ass shit addressed the issue of wet gunpowder on the ocean. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Dude, like, the 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 weird floating city place like one of their main defenses is a water hose that you would find at a water park <laughs> and then all the all afterwards they all sat down under the mushroom for, for a relaxing cool down in the kiddie pool <laughs> there's water flowing out of it though oh my god this movie fucking blows greg can we end this goddamn podcast I, I, I'm sure just going to sit here um, and say I hate Waterworld more, and I can't imagine that's compelling audio at this point. And I'm going to keep giving you reasons to, but uh, instead we should talk about what we're doing uh, next week. Yeah. Uh, this this will be a recurring theme for us, mm -hmm. folks. Um, we decided on it a little bit before we started recording, but next week we're going to be uh, doing some spring cleaning here in the month of february it'll be movies for when you need to clear out your netflix watch list this accomplishes two things it clears out our netflix watch list 
stuff we've been wanting to watch. And it also gives us an opportunity to watch things that is that are on Netflix, which is what the majority of people have access to and don't have to pay to watch. So everybody fucking wins. Yeah. Remember when Netflix used to just have like lots and lots of really good movies on it? And that's why everyone yeah. still has it because they got in then and never canceled their subscriptions. Well, if people like Netflix, they're gonna love our AMC Plus. They're gonna pay us. We're like Netflix. Greg, will you make a? Except we have six movies. Greg, I met someone this week who who has an AMC Plus subscription. I forgot to tell you, I couldn't get them on the show though. They were, they were the the CEO of AMC. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, was say, I was about to say which one of your patients and what other disabilities do I they couldn't have? get him on the um, show. Um, all that goes to say that's insensitive. Could you make a? Uh, could you make a uh, 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 a fucking ass meme of uh, the the Fresh Prince one where it's me and you, and then Will Smith's head is just AMC Plus and Paramount Plus saying, "Why don't he want me?" <laughs> <laughs> i'll see if i have those skills man but i i thought you meant the uh the new fresh prince streaming on peacock oh there's a new one like why am i surprised but like it's a gritty reboot it's a serious show it's not a comedy you mean that someone in the world was like you know what people you didn't know about this no i didn't know about this are you meaning to tell me that some fucking marketing exec was like you know the one thing people wish the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air had? You know that, like, laugh track sitcom from 30 years ago that still has a popular following? They wish it was grittier and more serious. That's the one thing people really wanted from Fresh Prince that we never quite gave them. That's what someone thought. And then a lot of people thought it and gave them money and fucking made a show. It's called Bel Air, more like Bell End, it, and and it's like that's a it's British still... word for a wiener. <laughs> I like it. Nice. That's that's what it deserves, man. Oh my god! Uh, it, it's got all the same character names. Like it's got Uncle Phil, it's got Will, it's got a uh, Carlton in there. But everyone's like super. It's like a serious show. That's like making a fucking like mo- Like that's like making a Ducktales reboot about sexual trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck would want that? Do you understand what people liked about Fresh Prince or DuckTales? Like, what the fuck makes you think you can just do that and we'll watch it? Is it is it WandaVision? I, is that what made you think na- that? Because if so, Dali? I blame WandaVision. <laughs> Jesus, man. Alright, um... Let's get the hell out of here, All man. Right. Uh, to quote... To quote DJ Khaled in Pop Star Never Stopping, when you have a catchphrase, the world is catched by your phrase. Mm. Denny, catch me with your phrase. For Greg Work, the legwork Johnson, I'm Denny the found a way to make his favorite activity in the world unenjoyable Taylor. <laughs> this has been Movies for When? I don't know. You fuckers chose this. You told us when this week. Dun, dun, dun. Ah, here it goes. Dun, 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 dun. Who loves Kevin Costner?
Kevin Costner's daughter loves Kevin Costner. Is it true? <laughs> she wants to say I do, I do, I do, ooh, in the postman. 